Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, how y'all doing, people? Welcome again to church. Today is Monday, day after Sunday. And I don't know if people made it to church on Sunday, but you gag on sure enough made it today on Monday. Yeah, my name is Willa Guy, and you are now here on Sound City Radio. Here at Sound City Radio, we're all about freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. All I ask you to do is be real, be safe, and sure enough, better be ready. Now, we have in the building Minister Calvin Myers. And without any further ado, we're going right in because he has a title just for you. Minister Calvin Myers, you in the building? Yes, I am. I am in the building. How are you? I'm most excellent trying to, you know, survive from that car accident. But, hey, I just came for therapy. God is good. Hey, man, that's a good report. I, uh, well, it's on you now because um, I'm having typical difficulties with the music, so we're just going to keep it fresh. Okay. How's everybody doing out there? I hope everybody is doing well. I hope you had an excellent weekend. Um, it's always an honor when we can tune in and get on the radio, talk radio, and just share with you what's on our heart, just to be up front and just share with the people of God so that we can just elaborate on a few things. The Bible said that iron sharpens iron. So we need each other to sharpen each other, brothers and sisters. Don't ever take it for granted that you don't need one another. We need one another. We need each other to talk to. We need each other to pray with. We need each other to listen to each other. Never get so busy that you don't have time to listen to each other's concerns. Never get so tied up that the people that surround you, you're not paying attention to what where their pain and their hurts of that is that inside of them. We need the spirit of discernment at this time. We got to be discerning one for another. Sometimes you may think it looks like everybody got everything going on, but I can assure you that there's a lot of other things happening and people are going through. There are many things that people go through. Everybody don't go through the same thing. Some people, it could be uh, issues with their body. Other individuals, it could be finances. Some people, it could be family problems. Other people, it might be the workplace. And at times, it might be your loved ones you're concerned about is going through or having a hard time in life with their bodies and different things. So we're here to just go over some things um, regarding the Word of God. And before we go into the Word of God, if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 14. We're going to talk about the 144,000. And uh, this is very interesting. It's a good chapter because it goes into a lot of good 
he lists things that we can glean from. And so without further ado, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you will strengthen each and every one of us, God. God, we pray that you will give us a fresh anointing, God. Lord, you say, though this outward body is, is deteriorating, yet the inner man is renewed day by day. So we thank you for inner strength, Lord. We pray, God, that you will continue to move by your spirit on this radio station, that you will build up your people, equip them, God. Give them the tools they need in this hour, the strength they need, Lord. Mobilize our heart, Lord, and move us into the thing that you promised us, Lord. God, don't let no weapon form against us prosper, God. In the name of Jesus, when the enemy come in like a flood, lift up a wall of standards against him, God. Move by your spirit. Bring back to memory every scripture, every word, every revelation, every discernment. Speak to your people, God. Build me up and strengthen me as I pour out of my heart to your people, Lord. Whoever tune in, Lord, let your word captivate them and bring them in so they can hear. And bless those who will tune in and those who will call in. And all of the people of God, Lord, we ask for their strength and that you will look upon this nation, Lord. Look upon Puerto Rico, Lord. Look upon the family that's grieving, whose son shot the other little baby in the head by accident, Lord. Look upon that family in the name of Jesus, Lord. These are troublesome sometimes, God. And, Lord, we want to be where we need to be at so we can be a blessing to others. Strengthen us, Lord, because we need a word of encouragement in this day and hour. In the name of Jesus, be there for us, God. We need you like never before. As we go and glean into your word, God, peel off the revelation, the scriptures, and insight and discernment that we can have, that we can grow thereby in the name of Jesus. We bind the spirit of pride, arrogance, self-righteousness, self-exaltation. God, we pray that you will keep us humble. Cover us, Lord, underneath the veil. It's not about us. It's about you, God. We pray that you will continue just to elevate and equip your, your people like never before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, we're going to be dealing with the book of Revelation, chapter 14. It's an interesting book because there's some things in here. The Bible thing, the Bible says whatsoever things was written was written for our learning. So I want to go into some things here, and I just want to share with you real quick with some of the things we have. We know I'm a sports guy, so I know the Eagles is coming on tonight. Go Eagles. We all for the Eagles and we want to see them win. Um, and so I, I'm also a sports guy, but I love the Lord. I love God, but also while I'm on the earth, I like to deal with sports. I ran track and did a few, a few things in my life growing up as a young man. So the Bible talks about body exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. So you want to take care of your body while you got it. Walk, exercise, drink water, eat healthy, do whatever you need to do to keep your body in order as a human because your body is a temple. People always talk about your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost when they don't want you to fornicate or commit adultery, but your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost if you're trying to drink, drink liquor, or drink it too much soda. Amen. Drink it too, eating too much sweet and unhealthy food. Take care of your body. Because if you let your body go by the wayside, it ain't the devil. 
is all that food you've been eating. And if you want to call it a devil, it's the demon of gluttony, okay? <laughs> Let's blame it on the demon of gluttony. You got to make sure you don't eat unhealthy. You got to take care of yourself. Try to watch it with salt and all those things so you don't have high blood pressure in the past. So don't got to lay hands on you. He prayed for you, then you go right back home and eat all that heavy salt. So you got to take care of your body, what God has given them to you. Your temple is of God. You take care of this body, you'll live here for a long time, if the Lord permits so. But when he's ready to take you, you ain't got to worry about that. You can be in tip-top shape, and he'll take you on home. It don't matter because when your time punch your card, is up. So the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We need to know this. If you're absent from your body and you're saved, you're present with the Lord. This is a temporary world that we're living in right now, y'all. It's only temporary. And all of us are here for a little bit of time. But if we can just do what we're called to do, you don't got to – God is not asking you to be perfect. He's asking you to be honest with him and real with him and strive for excellency in the Holy Ghost, in the Word, and doing what you need to do, stay in your Word, stay on your knees, because these are trying times, and the enemy is coming in. One of the things that we read about what the devil is going to do, the Bible said in the book of Revelation, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High God. He's going to wear the saints of the Most High God out, y'all. So we got to know what our word is saying because he's a seducing devil. He seduces people through lies and wonders. He's a manipulator. He turns people against each other, nations, husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, children against parents, grandparents, brothers and sisters against each other, church members against each other, family members, uncles and aunts, bosses against a staff, everybody. He turns them against each other. And he will lie on you. But God let us know that greater is he, the Lord, that's in us than the devils in the world. If you have your Bible, we're going to look at Revelation chapter 14. And let's look at one of the things that John is saying. Now, remember, the book of Revelation means to unveil, okay? It's unveiling some things. The Bible, at this time, this stuff was taking place 2,000 years ago. And then God allowed King James to translate it from Hebrews and the Greek language into English to the best of his ability. King James is not the author of the Bible. He was the one that God allowed to translate the Bible to a language that we can read. Now, most of us colored folks can read Greek and Hebrew, okay? Now, if you want to go to school and learn all that, God bless you. Other than that, you'd be reading the Torah. But the Torah don't take in the New Testament. The New Testament is put together by those epistles that Paul wrote to the churches, the John, the New Testament, because the Jews don't believe the Messiah, Yahshua, HaMessiah is their Messiah. They don't believe Jesus is their Messiah. So when you go into this Bible, we're going to be dealing with the New Testament, and we're going to read about what the New Testament says about what John sees. John was the youngest of all the disciples. Again, revelation means to unveil. But John was 17 years old when Jesus died. We got the seven last saying <coughs> excuse me, from John. 
He was at the foot of Jesus when he died. He told us the seven last words that Jesus said before he died. This is why a lot of churches do the seven last saying. It's a platform where they have like seven speakers up there to deal with the seven last saying of Christ because John wrote what was being said. Well, now John is an old man. He walked with Jesus. He laid his head on his bosom. Jesus died. He came back to life. He gave them the Holy Ghost. He told John what he was going to do in the end time. God would use him. And lo and behold, John is the last one alive. All the other apostles are dead. They was mortal. Their head was cut off. And all the miracles, folks, hear me very carefully. All the miracles that Jesus did, John did it too. Did miracles just like Jesus. Not only John, the other apostles. Jesus told the men before he died, he said, the works that I do, so you do also. And greater works than these you're going to do because I'm going back to my father. Now, he called God his father. The Bible said that God is Jesus' father. The Bible tells us in St. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then the Bible said, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him, Jesus that is, should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 1, For which of the angels said he at any time that you are my son? The Bible said all the angels worship Christ. They worship Christ. They let us know that he's not an angel. Jesus told us that he proceeded from the bosom of God. He came from God's bosom. Jesus also told us when he talked with the Pharisees, he said to them before, he told them Abraham rejoiced to see his day when he came to Abraham and talked with Abraham. They said to Abraham, you not even, they said to Jesus, you're not even 50 years old yet, and you talk about you saw Abraham. Jesus told them, truly, truly, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. When you read in the Old Testament of Genesis, the Bible says the Lord came to talk with Abraham. The Lord, capital L-O-D, L-O-R-D, excuse me, with two angels about Sodom and Gomorrah. He came down. That was Jesus. It said the Lord. He is the Son of God. God the Father is without a body. God the Father don't have a body. God the Father said, the heavens of heaven cannot contain me. He said this to David, and you want to build me a house. In other words, I'm everywhere. That's God the Father. When Moses talked it, he talked it to God the Father. When Noah was building the ark, he was talking to God the Father. When Cain slew Abel and God the Father said, where's your brother Cain? He said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? He's talking to God the Father. When Adam was walking with God, and the Bible said God looked at Adam and said, it is not good that man should be alone. He said, I will make him a help me. He talked it with God the Father. He don't have a body. But God the Son came and talked with Abraham, with two angels. God the Son in Joshua chapter 6 came and talked with Joshua. When Joshua ran up on him with the sword, he said, whose side are you on? Ours are the enemy. He said, none. I am the captain of the host. 
Joshua bowed down and worshipped him. That was not an angel. That was God the Son. And then when he said to him, after he worshipped him, he said, take off your shoes for the ground you're standing on is holy ground. Only God the Father and Son could say things like that. Joshua took off his shoes and stood on holy ground. So here we see that Jesus came. The prophecy in Isaiah 7:14 talks about him. The prophecy in Isaiah 9, 6 talks about him. The prophecy in Isaiah chapter 1, chapter 11, verse 1 to 4 talks about him. The prophecy in Isaiah chapter 51 talks about him. The prophecy in Isaiah chapter 60, uh, 53 talks about him. Six, I'm sorry, 61 talks about him. And Isaiah 53 talks about the Messiah that will be born. The Jews knew that the Messiah was coming, but they was looking for a king to reign over them. Well, the Messiah came, and he is going to be their king to reign over them, but he came as a mortal man, just like Isaiah 9-7 said. 9-6 said, um, said, and 7-14 said, the virgin will give birth to a son. Prophecy in Genesis about the serpent, it said, woman, your seed, the seed of the woman, shall crush the head of the serpent and bruise his heel. The serpent is going to bruise the seed of the woman heel, but the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. That is all about the Messiah who will come. So with further ado, we're going to read right here. In the Genesis, Christ is a lamb. In Revelation, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. In Genesis, the devil is the serpent. In Revelation, he is the dragon. So you got to understand these symbols. Again, Revelation is a book of symbols, numbers, and colors. When you know the symbols, numbers, and colors, you pretty much understand Revelation. You got to look at it from the standpoint, it goes hand in hand with the book of Daniel. When you read the book of Daniel, it explains Revelation. It's hard to read Revelation and leave out Daniel. They go hand in hand. Daniel's very detailed about the Antichrist. And so right now, I want to just drop this on you, Revelation chapter 100, I mean uh, 14, the 144,000. And John said, here is John, a 90-year-old man. He's an old man. He was caught up into the third heaven. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Now, listen, y'all. John was getting this revelation on the Saturday. When he said the Lord's day, that's the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the Saturday. Now, I'm not sure if he got all this in one day or not, because when you step into eternity, time ceases. You're no longer in the time of man. So he's writing down what he saw because the angels had come up here and he was up in the third heaven. He went through a door. He was there. John said, and I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion. That's Christ. Symbolic. Remember, numbers, colors, and symbols. And with them, 144,000 having his father's name written in their forehead. Now remember also in the book of Ezekiel, God told Ezekiel, the angel, not to slay those who had the seal of God in their head. But in 
because you see the seal was, this is not the first time you hear about seal, but this was something that was not new. It has happened in the book of Ezekiel. It talks about the seal in their head. He said, and I looked, they have in the name of God written in their forehead. Their name of God was written in their forehead. And I heard the voice from heaven as the voice of many waters. Now, this is God's voice. As the voice of great thunder. That's God's voice. His voice is deep. And I heard the voice of harps harping with their harps. And they sung as it were new songs before the throne and before the four beasts. And the elders, the 24 elders who are in there. Now, these are elders. Our elder is someone who's been around for a very, very long time. But they never tell us exactly who these 24 elders are. Some had speculated that the 12 of the old patriarchs from the Old Testament and 12 of the disciples from the New Testament, which gives you 24. I don't know that. People have said that. But the Bible called them L24 elders, not 12. 24 elders, because other than that, John is looking at himself because he's among the 12 from the New Testament, if that was the case. Nevertheless, it's 24 elders. They've been around for a very long time, and the elders was very important throughout time in our time and domain on the earth because these were people who were considered the leaders of the tribes. The first time God established that word elders was when Moses was judging the people and his father-in-law, Jethro, asked him, what was he doing? And he told Jethro, I'm judging the people. When they have sinned, they come before me, and I judge them. And it was so many people standing before Moses, and he was judging them. And Jethro, his father-in-law, who, I might add, was an Ethiopian high priest, told Moses, listen to me, and God be with you. He said, choose out able men. Men who can judge 10, rule rather 10, men who can rule 50, men who can rule over 100, men who can rule over 1,000. And the greater judgment, you deal with that. God honored that. So what God told Moses to do was he come up here in the mountain, bring 70 elders up here, and I'm going to take the spirit that's on you, Moses, and put it on all of them. So it was 70 elders. 70 is the number prior to increase. So these 70 elders came up there. 69 really went up there. One couldn't make it up. He had to stay there and watch the animals. And when they all went up before the Lord, the 69, God took from off the Moses spirit and put it on the 69, 70 elders. One was down in the valley with the animals. The 69 was with Moses. And they all began to prophesy. And someone heard one of the men prophesying down in the valley who was among the 70, whose name was written among the 70. And when he heard that, he ran and told Moses, ooh, not supposed to be prophesying. I'm going to tell Moses on you. Ran to Moses, told Moses, so-and-so was down there prophesying. Moses, the meekest man on the earth. The Bible said that Moses said, I wish to God that everybody was prophesying. See, Moses didn't care about sharing the glory. Some people is caught up into their own glory, their own prestige, their own recognition, the kingdom of me. That's what they all caught up into. But it ain't about the kingdom of me. 
It's about the kingdom of God. We are an organism, y'all, not an organization. If you have a church and you run it like an organization, then it's going to be about me because it's an organization. But an organism is about all of us. When you read Acts and it says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they was all, not one person, all was in the upper room, 120 people, and the Holy Ghost sat upon all of them and filled all of them. Not just one person with the Holy Ghost. Lord, have mercy. Isn't it good when God want to fill everybody up? Amen. He wants everybody to be filled. He wants everybody to be speaking in tongues. He wants everybody to have the prophetic spirit on them. God is not a respectable person, but he is a respectable a principle. He respects the principle. The principles are in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Beatitudes. The principles are the fruits of the Spirit, not about the gifts of the Spirit, because the gifts and callings are without repentance, but the principles is a character way of living. It's not about fruits. Now listen to this, verse 2, and I heard a voice of him having, as the voice of many, we read that part all the way down, let's go to verse 3. And they sung a new song, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the beast. And I'm sorry, before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song. Isn't that interesting that God got a song that nobody can steal? People steal each other's song before it gets put out. They can't steal that song. The Bible said, no man know but those. And it says right here, and before the four beasts, and the elders, and no man could learn that song but the 144 and 4,000, which were redeemed from the earth, 144,000. These are they which were not defiled with women. Now it's going to the detail of who these 144,000 are. When it said these are they who were not defiled with Woman, what is that telling you? They are all men, Hebrew men. And as we read on, we're going to find out what tribe they're from. They was not defiled with women. In other words, they never fornicated with women. They never got married. They are virgins. They did not defile themselves with women. Are you hearing me? And that's not so much in a negative way, but it's in a way that's saying that they were the virgin. Jesus was a virgin. He never known a woman. Daniel was a virgin. He never had a wife. You got people in this Bible who never known a woman. And that's why their spiritual IQ was so high. They never was um, known by a woman, meaning having sex. And so they were virgin all their life unto the Lord. And listen. These are they which not defiled themselves, not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the land whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men. They never had sex. They was redeemed from among men, being the first fruit unto God to the Lamb. Now, that's telling you that they are there because they never had sex. You got what I'm saying? Um, 
So at the time, I want to ask everybody, if you got any questions, uh, please just put star eight. And you'd be able to, my buddy Will will be able to unmute you and bring you on in. And they have, if you have a question, you can ask the question. So if you do, just hit that number and come on in, and we can answer your question. All right. Um, I have a question, uh, Mr. Cobb. I've been hearing a lot of these brothers out here in the street keep on saying, well, you know, that's the ones that's different. They're saying, well, you know, Jesus, when he was a young um, guy, he had sex with Mary Madeline, or he had sex when he was younger, and they didn't, they only put certain scriptures into the book because there's a lot of scriptures that's not been done. So when you keep hearing that from different people and knowing that Jesus went through every situation that we went through from everything in life that we live for, how do you kind of say with these people? Well, quite, quite obviously, it's a lie. That's another one of Satan's lies. You got to remember, the Bible talks about Satan is the father of lies. The Bible says every time he speaks, he speaks a lie. If Jesus had sex, he could not be the spotless lamb of God. That means he will have sinned against God. Notice this. Joseph is not Jesus' biological father. He doesn't have Joseph's blood in his body. Follow me very carefully. All Adam, when he ate from that tree of knowledge of good and evil, it went into his blood. That fruit, what he ate, went into his bloodline. Sin contaminated his whole bloodline. The Bible said death came upon all men from Adam doing that. So all of us is born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Jesus, that's why he came by a virgin. And that's why we always establish the thing when we say that when a woman is pregnant, she does not see her monthly cycle. Her blood goes into the placenta bag, which after the baby's born, they call it the afterbirth, because her blood is there. The baby has his father's blood, her father's blood. I don't care if you can't stand your daddy, son, daughter, you got his blood in your body. And the blood is the life of your body. If that blood is drained out of your body, you will die. That's the only way you can live is through that bloodline. Jesus did not have Joseph's blood in his body. Therefore, he didn't have a desire to sin. This is why all the demons said, we know who you are. Demons was worshiping Jesus. Because when you got to understand in the spiritual world, when demons come across something that's higher power than they are, they got to commit to that power, that authority. They knew that Jesus was God in the flesh. They bowed down and worshiped him. They said, we know who you are. Did you come to torment us before our time? You will never, ever hear no other religion said that their religion ain't in. That happened. No demon ever bowed down to nobody else's religion. Only Jesus they bowed down to. He is the son of God. And he went to the cross and died. He didn't need to have sex with a woman. He said, I came not on my own will, but on my father that sent me is greater than I am. He came on the will of the father. He is a lamb, symbolically, 
A lamb is an animal that the Jews sacrificed for yearly sins. He came to give his life for the the propitiation propitiation for all men's sin on the earth. He ransomed, he gave his life as a ransom for all of our sins. He could not have sin because Jesus did that. That means Jesus is a sinner. Just like all these other religions out there, the people they follow, they sinners, but not Jesus. He's the spotless Lamb of God. He don't have any children. He don't have a wife. He didn't have a girl that he slept with. And furthermore, it really was a custom of the Jews that they would get married before they had babies. Listen, you're not talking about another African-American story where we having babies out of wedlock because this is Jesus you're talking about. This is a tradition from the Jews. It's not like us. Many of us could have kids out of wedlock. All of us had done that one time or another. This is the Messiah. He came with purpose, divine purpose on the earth. This is not Pookie here now, okay? This is not um, June bugs. No, 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 no. You're talking about Christ. You're talking about 2,000 years ago. The people who were making babies out of wedlock back in those days was buck wild heathens. They were sleeping, laying up, making babies, eating each other, cannibalism, having sex with animals, having sex with little kids, throwing their kids into the fire. There were some evil things that took place on the earth back then. And folks, don't marvel. It's still going on. And the one thing the devil wants to do is to discredit who Christ is. But let me tell you something. The first five seconds in eternity, there is no doubt that everybody would know Jesus was the Messiah. Now, the, the question is, will it be too late for you or will it not? Because a lot of people don't believe who Jesus is. Once you cross over in eternity, baby, you will know, but it'll be too late. So it's best to read the word and get into this Bible and know who he is for yourself. I refuse to listen to people who believe stupid, dumb, crazy stuff. Yet we got people who worship in the moon, the stars, Mother Earth, and all this other stuff, and they worship in spirits. Conning up demons. Jesus, Jesus said, you worship what you know not of. And they refuse to believe on who Jesus is. They will believe anything. The Bible talks about because man refused to listen to God and receive his word, God will send them a spirit of delusion that they will believe a lie rather than the truth. Because once you reject Christ, you are open to deception. I don't care what background you was raised up in. That don't mean that you got the truth. You got to know the truth by seeking it out for yourself. You got to search the scriptures and do your own due diligence. Find out where these people's religion started from. Always go back to the foundation to where it started at. If it don't line up the right way, you're dealing with demonic forces. And a lot of people is unaware of that. They think that all good all the stuff they read on, you got people who reading up Egyptian books. I don't want nothing from Egypt. I've said that before. I don't want nothing from no Egyptian books. They were the most evil, devil-worshipping people in the world. The Egyptians? They worship frogs, cows, sun, cats, snakes. 
I don't want to read no books from no Egyptian. How is that going to help me? I'm trying to get to heaven. I'm not trying to go to the abyss of hell and darkness and have a demon waiting on me saying you was worshiping me all the time. I'm the Egyptian god from 7,000 years ago. Oh, no. No, no. So when you look at Egypt, God wiped out Egypt. So that's common sense would tell you if God the Father wiped Egypt out, who had the greater power? Who had the greater power? Think about that. He wiped them out. Wiped them out and then swallowed up Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea. Chariots and all. It came right down on top of their head. They drowned in the Red Sea. He opened a wall and made the wall stood up and let them walk across on not muddy ground, dry ground. He allowed wind to blow through there and open up that water for them. And they got to the other side. And Pharaoh's army came after them. Read this. Check this out. The Bible said the angels took the wheels off the chariots. Read it. Took the wheels off the chariots. And God allowed the water to slam down on top of them, drowning Pharaoh's army, wiping them out. All type of pledges. So why would you serve a God from Egypt that didn't deliver them? I'm serving the true and living God. You want to have the real God, not no weak God. And I notice a lot of these fake religions are doing that. They're trying to attack Jesus, but it ain't going to work. Let me tell you something. When you see demons worshiping Jesus and they scared of him, oh, he got all power. I never heard no other religion casting out devils and healing the sick and raising up the dead and demons trembling at their name. That ain't going to happen. You know why? Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand. If we both are devils, I ain't going to cast you down and destroy you. We working together. It's only one race, ladies and gentlemen. Always remember this, the human race. The human race. And we are in a battle against fallen angels who will do anything to discredit Jesus because these fallen angels don't want you to make it to heaven. Oh, no, I can't afford to miss God. No, no. And my mama didn't serve that God. If, if, if my daddy didn't serve him, it don't got nothing to do with me. Some people are involved with religion because of their whole family been into that. I'm sorry. I'm going to find out where this religion came from. And I'm not going to stop at King James. A lot of them talk about King James. What does King James got to do with this whole Bible being written? He translated it. That's all he did. That's all he could do. Translated it to a language that we can read it. The Bible was written by men who the Holy Ghost came upon them. The Spirit of God came upon them. The prophetic word came upon them. And they wrote the scriptures, and they called it the Torah, scrolls. And then they put it in a book so it could be passed throughout the whole world. The whole world can read about the scriptures. Uh, did that answer your question, Will? Oh, yeah. And people, um, welcome to Sound City. This is a radio network that always talks about freedom of speech, freedom to grow. And freedom to learn and know. That's why I always say welcome to South City Radio. All I ask you to do is be real, be safe, 
and sure enough, be ready. You can dial at number 724-444-7444. Put the PIN number in, 143-906-POUND. Then push one pound into the show and start eight to talk. If you'd like to talk right now, by all means, push star eight. Back to you, Minister Kyle. And I want to say this to everybody. If you ever look up what doctors wrote about people who died and came back, some went to hell, some went to heaven. Some people, they thought they would never come back to the earth because they was in hell. They begged and they was crying because they did not like it. Isn't it amazing how different kingdoms of tongues and language of people all over the world had experienced uh, uh, hum, hum, hideous visions in hell, and they all said the same thing? Isn't that ironic? They went to hell and saw the same thing? Isn't that ironic? I know we got a caller, and I'm going to let you come on in, caller. Come on in, caller. And isn't it ironic that people went to heaven and they all seen the Lord when they seen Jesus? He was lit up like a light and he was talking with them. And he told them, he said, it's not your time yet. Go back. And they knew it was Jesus. I thought what's quite interesting about those who went to hell, they say people was hollering and screaming and burning and on fire. People they knew, celebrity, they saw all those people when they was in hell. They was thinking about those people when they was dying. They were scared because they didn't know what to expect. But when they went into eternity, they went to hell, they saw them. And then it's ironic how people who were saved, they went to heaven. They said the love they felt from Jesus, they said it was incredible. Even people who were not Christian, when they had an encounter with Jesus and he sent them back, they said the love they felt from him was incredible. None of these people know each other. Is that just a coincidence? Doesn't the Bible talk about God is love? It talks about that. See, we are spiritual beings. This is what everybody forget. We're not dogs and animals. A dog don't have no conscience when it goes to the grave. It's dead. That's it. We are made of three parts. We are a body. From dust we are, dust we shall return. That's the body. We are a soul. Our soul, our mind, our emotion, our will. That's the real you. When you die, you will step out of your body. People have said this over and over. They've been shot, stabbed, in a car accident. They step out of their body. They see their level. They're trying to get their attention, and they can't see them or hear them because you're in the spiritual world. You would never die. You won't live on this earth, but when your body dies, you won't be dead. You go to eternity. And whatever you believe in time, you're going to meet your maker in eternity to be judged of what you've done. And then you are a spirit. The Bible said the spirit of the man or woman is the candor of the Lord that searches all the inward parts of the belly. Your spirit is what worships God. Your spirit is what talks to God. Your spirit is what reason with God. God said that the true worshiper must worship him in spirit and in truth. Your spirit was God judged. Everybody got a spirit. Whether you have an evil spirit or a good spirit, you have a spirit. Spirit. God talks to you through your spirit. It is like your antenna. It is like your internet. That's how he reads it and talks and he knows everything about you. Save, unsaved, evil or righteous, you have a spirit. Now, when you die, that spirit goes back to God because God put the spirit on man. The soul goes to hell or it goes to heaven. Are you hearing me? So we have a caller. Come on in, caller. 
Hey, brother Kev, how you how you guys doing? It's brother Ryan. Hey, brother Ryan, how hey, you man? doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. This this word is awesome. How you doing, brother Will? Um, the word is definitely rich today. Three things. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Yeah, it's awesome, right? I'm just sitting here, just soaking it all in, man. It's like just setting me on fire. Um, earlier you spoke about Christ. Like people do try to discredit Christ. You know what I mean? They fight against Christ. And with those same, Satan come with those same lies about him having sex and all this kind of nonsense. However, if they read the scriptures, the scripture says he was tempted in all points as we what we are, yet without sin. So and if it says that he was tempted in every point like we are, then he was tempted like we are in every area, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And that's what the devil tempted him with those three things, lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes. But Jesus Christ is not like us, to, to your point, which you spoke about Adam. We, we, he's the second Adam. We, are, we have the nature of the first Adam. We have the fallen nature. Jesus Christ, he took on flesh, but yet still he was 100% man and 100% God. When uh, Mary asked the angel, uh, Gabriel, she said, how is this going to happen? I've never been with a man. And he told her the power of the highest shall overcome to overshadow you. Uh, the Holy Ghost shall come on you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore, that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. The Holy Ghost oversaw that whole birth thing, ensuring there was no transmission of sin. So he has 100%. The essence of Jesus Christ is God. You know what I mean? So in that sense, he is not like us as far as being susceptible, like you said, to sleeping around and all that kind of stuff. He had power over that kind of stuff. He was the last Adam. Adam fell. So he was tempted like we were, but he was without sin. And the Bible can't lie because the Bible is the word of God. And another thing you spoke about, you spoke about the, the scripture being um, left here and distributed all around the world. If you look in the Bible and in, in, uh, Deuteronomy, the written word is is a, it has the same authority as the spoken word of God. The word of God can come in many different shapes and forms. It can come in God's word. The decree is called a God decree, where He spoke things into existence. It can come in the form of a person. Jesus Christ is called the Word of God. It can come in the form as uh, uh, on human lips. Let me tell Jeremiah, I would take my word. He said, "Then the Lord touched me." And he, he touched my mouth, and he said, Behold, I have put my words on your lips. And it can come in written form. But they are all they all carry the same weight. You know what I'm saying? The prophets, when they spoke, they spoke as if it was coming from God's mouth because he would put his words in their mouth. And then he gave us the written form. And uh, Deuteronomy, it says that Moses wrote the book. And he said he put it in the side of the tabernacle for a, a testimony against you and your generation to come. And Isaiah chapter 30, he wrote too. And it says that God told him to write for a testimony. And Joshua added to the book that Moses wrote. In Joshua 24, it says, and Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law. So the, this whole thing about the Bible and the written word is here on earth as a testimony and a witness against us all. And that's why God left us 
this book is a testimony and a witness against us all. And it's here, and it will be opened up. Some people think that whosoever name was not written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire, John said in Revelation. Some people think that the Bible is the book of life, and the books are open. But there's other books that will be open, too, of the deeds that are recorded, our deeds and stuff. Well, that's the great white throne judgment where those books are open. But as far as the written word is concerned, it, it was left for us to study it over and over and over again so we can get a more complete obedience to God's word. Because some people think some people think that if they can get a word from God, a word, you know, God speaking audibly to them, it's going to make them more obedient to God. And I ask people a question. If God spoke directly to you, would you be more obedient to him? Or would you be more obedient to the word of God? You have the word of God. It's the same thing. It carries the same weight. Remember when Jesus, God died and said, Jesus said to Jesus, he said, and he was in, he was in fire. He was in, in, in torment. Luke, I believe Luke 16, 17, 18, one of those. Luke 19, when he told about the story that God went to hell and, and Lazarus was carried up to Abraham's bosom. He said, send somebody back and warn my brothers to them. Jesus Christ said, why not? They have the scriptures. If they don't believe that, why were they going to believe somebody else come back from the dead? So a lot of times, this Bible is so important. It's so important. It carries the same weight. You are carrying the word in your hand because these are words that God spoke to Moses, to Joshua, to Jeremiah, to Isaiah, to the Apostle Paul, to Jesus. And he's oversaw, God oversaw this book getting to us. And so we are carrying the actual word of God in our hands. And it's there for a testimony against us. That's why Jesus Christ said this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached for witness all nations and then shall the end be. Um, but the word of God is definitely here for a witness against us. As it was a witness against the children of Israel, you spoke against that. You spoke on that earlier. But the Bible is here for us to do it, obey it, do it, and live by it. Amen. And when you look at the whole Bible, that was real good, Ron. From the sixty-six books of the Bible, Christ is the theme throughout the whole Bible. Amen. Amen. I mean, you see him. Every single where he's wisdom in Proverbs. You know, hey, listen, he's everywhere throughout the Bible. But when he showed up, man, I'm telling you, it's ironic. When Jesus approached the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he told them, he said, you are of your father, the devil. And notice how Jesus said this. He said he was a liar from the beginning. And he abides not in the truth because there is no truth in him. He was telling them, I know the devil. He was a liar in the beginning. When? When he lied to Eve. He's still lying to people. He's still telling people that you don't need to eat of the tree of life. Christ is the tree of life in this day and hour. Whosoever eat of his fruit will never die. He's saying, you don't have to eat of the tree of life. You can eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can keep on eating from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He's letting them know, and people are still eating of that tree of the knowledge. Notice, y'all, I said knowledge. 
of good and evil. People are learning knowledge and not learning God. Do you hear me? The Bible says knowledge of the most high is understanding. It's talking about God. But just to have knowledge? Let me tell you something. The devil will run circles around you with knowledge because the demons have, they have all the knowledge in the world. You know how many books have been written? Think about that throughout time. Heaven is a mystery to men, but it wasn't always that way. At one time, we knew who we was, we knew our purpose, but we lost it all when sin came on the earth. And as men begin to multiply, men begin to worship everything. They worship a bottle of Coke. They worship a car. They worship a drug. They worship an alcohol. They worship sex. They worship a building. They, they worship everything. Money, everything. Gold. Gold was the god of the old days. Everybody worshiped gold. In fact, they would melt the gold and transform it into a golden calf. They made golden idols. They was always worshiping something. This is nothing new, y'all. People never did want to serve God all their life. They would serve any old dumb, idiotic thing, but they didn't want the true and living God. And you know the thing that get me about Israel, beloved, is though even though God did all those miracles, supernaturally, the power of God through Moses speaking to the people. They saw the power of God. They still went into a wilderness. The water opened up and closed on Pharaoh's army, wiped them out. God said, you see this army, you'll never again, you won't see them again, never again. The ocean swallowed them up. Listen, y'all, they still went into the wilderness. And Moses went away for 40 days, and they built a golden calf. Think about that. All the miracles, all the power of God, they saw. They built a golden calf within 40 days. Mind you, 400 years in slavery, and God brought them out on eagle's wings out of Egypt. And they went into the wilderness and built a golden calf in 40 days. Think about that, y'all. That's less than the probation time at a job. Job will give you. 90 days probation. They went and built a golden calf and said, this is the God that brought us up out of Egypt. And when Moses came down with the commandments, God told Moses they don't went down there and defile themselves. He said, go down there and get them. In order. They, they out of control. And when he saw what they did, Moses was so angry with those people. He, he had the Ten Commandments written by the finger of God. These people down there worship and dance into a golden calf. This is crazy, which lets you know, again, to our point, men are like sheep. They dumb. Sheep's a dumb animal. They can't see that far in front of them because they're blind. They can be easily misled, and they can't see at nighttime. But this is where men are like. This is what's going on with them. And it's a sad thing when you think about this. Um, so when you hear all this thing and you notice it's going on, this is really crazy. They, it was so easy for them to turn their back on God. Yet the younger generation would be the one that would go into the kingdom of heaven. They would make, I'm sorry, the promised land, because at that time, they was over there worshiping. They died in the wilderness. Um, and by them dying in there, 
they couldn't even believe God until they had to die by snakes. They died by quail. Um, they doing all these things. And so by them doing that, disobeying, they died in a wilderness, y'all. They came from Egypt and were supposed to go a two-week journey to the promised land and died right, right. in a wilderness that took 40 years. 40 years. <laughs> Think about right. that. That's like traveling from here to the Carolinas. And if you're traveling by feet, it may take you about two weeks to get there. <laughs> by feet now. They didn't have a car, y'all. By feet. It may take about a week and a half or two weeks. They get all the way there at the, right before they can get there. It took 40 years to get there, and they died. Even great Moses died. Only Joshua and Caleb would go over with the young people. And it's so sad, y'all. It's so sad that people can miss God like that. But I want to go back into this word here. So we left off at, uh, they which were not defiled with women, they which were not defiled, followed the land with us ever go. Verse 5, and their mouth was found, and in their mouth, verse 5, and in their mouth was found no God, for they are without fault. Before the throne of God. This is the 144,000, y'all. They never knew a woman. They never knew a woman. So they referred to male. Specifically, it said women, not man, women. So that lets you know that these were men, all men, 144,000. Verse (coughs) 5. Excuse me. They found the lamb wherever he went. And their mouth was found no God, meaning no mumbling, no grumbling. No backbiting, no slandering. You get what I'm saying? They didn't speak against people in a bad way. And then they said, and I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having an everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth. Here is an angel telling the people on the earth. This is during the tribulation period, y'all, okay? And every nation and kindred and every tongue, and people, this angel's talking to them, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, give glory to him, for the hour of judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven and the earth, and the sea and the fountains of water. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city because she made all nation drink of the wine and of the wrath of her fornication. Here is a symbol. Babylon, a lot of people believe it is the Catholic Church. Hello, somebody. She's caused many people to drink of her wine. During the period when the false prophet would be around, he would do signs and wonders He's going to, the Antichrist is going to wipe out the Babylonian. The Babylonian, which they believe is the Catholic Church. They believe this false prophet who's going to be working with the Antichrist will be the false prophet. You got the Antichrist, who is the man of sin. At first, he's not, he's going to come with peace, telling them that he can help them. He got answers. He's going to be real good. He is the white horse rider, coming with righteousness symbolically, but he's a deception. And then after he is assassinated, 
he would be assassinated by a Jew. This is the Antichrist. Satan will enter into his body, and he's going to come back to life after three days. And he's going to go into the temple and say that he is God. Now, right now, the Jews don't believe that Jesus was their Messiah. They said he's not their Messiah. They will get angry with you. If you really want to piss them off, you call Jesus their Messiah, you're going to have a problem. The Isaiah, the prophecy of Isaiah say a veil is over their face. But in one day, a whole nation is going to get saved, one nation. Because what's going to happen is they were told when the abomination of desolation go into the temple and say he's God, then they better run for their life. This Antichrist is going to be assassinated. When he come back to life after three days, he's going to go in the temple and he's going to say, I'm God. Then they're going to realize Jesus was their Messiah, and they're going to run to the mountains for cover, for safety. That's what's going to happen to Israel. They're going to cry out to God because they're going to realize that their Messiah was Christ. He was their Messiah. And they're going to run, and they're going to be chasing up there. Russia is going to come after her. The uh, the agent, I don't know if, uh, which agent, I can't quite remember off the top of my head, but one of the Asian countries going to be pursuing the China, the army, the China army, they got the big army, they're going to be chasing them like the sea. And it's going to be, that's where you got the uh, the battle Armageddon is going to take place. Because at that time, at near the end of the seven-year period, Christ will return, and he's going to wipe them out, and the raven is going to eat their flesh. The blood is going to be so high that it come up to the horse's mouth. And the Antichrist is going to be cast into the lake of fire. Now, while he's pursuing them, Christ is going to fight for them. Right now, a bunch of ravens and fowls of the air, they all living in um, um, Armageddon right now. Like never before, the last few years, they all been gathering themselves. They said they've never seen nothing like this. All these birds are going in. Battle, getting ready for the battle of Armageddon. Because when they die, the Bible said Christ is going to tell these animals, these birds, to eat their flesh. And these birds that's moving out there rapidly right now, waiting for that time to happen. Because they're going to eat the flesh of these people who want to fight against Israel and get wiped out by Christ. It is coming. Now, so that's, that's the good stuff for those who like to discredit the Bible, calling it a lie. The Bible is the most accurate book of all time, all time. Now, that's the Antichrist. The false prophet will be one of the popes. They don't know which one it's going to be. It's going to be one of the popes. He is the false prophet. He will have powers. He will be able to do signs and wonder. He's going to call fire down from heaven. He's going to have power. It ain't going to be like these popes that y'all see now that say, bless you, my child, and they just kiss his ring. Oh, no. This pope is going to have power. And when he get into power with the Antichrist, they're going to wipe out the Catholic Church. That is Babylon. They're going to wipe it out. And this is what the saying is right here saying in um, verse 8. And therefore another angel saying Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations to drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. They worship her. And they call it spiritual fornication because the people all, <clears throat> excuse me, all over the world worship the Vatican. And they are going to be the ones who will be wiped out. Now, you've got some people who got caught up into that thing, uh, the Catholic Church, and they came out of it. 
because they was into worshiping myriads and idols and all those other things. That's the fornication they committed in worshiping idols. And God told us never to worship an idol. He said they have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. They have nose, but they cannot smell. They have mouth, but they cannot taste. And they cannot speak. So they have hands. You get what I'm saying? These are idols that they worship. No other religion like the Catholic Church got nothing but stone images all over the world. When you look at the Catholic Church, the most powerful church in the world, but they are in idolatry. They idol worship. See, it caused many, and it said, drink of the wine and the wrath of her fornication. And the third, verse 9, third angel followed them saying, with the loud voice, if any man worship the beast, that's the Antichrist, and his image, 666, which would be a chip, a chip. It would not be the number 666. Everybody's aware of 666. But there is a beast who have a chip. He's going to have a chip. Whoever worships his image. And what they're starting to do, Revelation, written 2,000 years ago. It said they're going to take this mark in their forehead or in their right hand. They're doing this now. They're putting chips in their hands, and they're putting it in their forehead. Listen, beloved, people are getting it right now. There are stores you can go into with your credit card, and you don't have to pay nothing. You just pick up everything you want to and walk on out the door, and the scanner will scan your credit card. Well, eventually, they're moving. They already started moving on to the chip. They're using their eyes different things, a hand, but it's going to be a time with that chip. If those are on welfare, you don't need to get the green card no more. You just have your chip. That money will be on your chip. You just use your chip. Swipe your hand. Swipe your forehead. That chip, everything. Look at your bottles of water. Look at your soda. Look at everything you buy. It has what we call a barcode on it. And when that thing go across that market and they scan it, that barcode got a number on it, and it lets them know this is the purchase that you, with the merchandise you purchase. The government know what you like to eat, how much you eat of it, how often you buy it each month. They know more about you than you know about yourself. They know where you like to stop at and get your coffee. They know where you get your snack at. All of this because what you spend your money on is a barcode. That barcode wow. lets them know everything about I, you. Yes, sir. Wait a minute. I, you just now see that's another reason why I don't try to go ahead and try to get um, food stamps or or even try to get it on um, welfare because I had a, something something in me. From the bottom of my soul, was like, yo, don't do it. I was like, why? But it's free food, and it, you, know, you can get money. And I keep on telling myself, like I told um, my boy Self on All Point Radio, I said, no, and anybody else, I said, no, I don't want to do it because I got, I got to feel as though it's like tracking. They say, well, you know, you got a phone, it's in the other. But now you broke it down even more of what I was actually thinking that never came to my mind until now that. They know exactly what you eat and how you're living and what you're doing, how you're spending. And they're like, hey, all we're going to do is put you. Like, I'm thinking, like, if when it gets to the future and they start having everybody in the um, FEMA camps, you know, we have these people in this group because they like to eat this type of food. We have these people in this section because they're a little bit wild and crazy. They, like, have everything formatted like exactly how you is. Here's the good people. Here's the bad people. Here's the crazy people. And it can section you all off. 
And for some reason, I know, because I know me, once you get something, because I remember when I had got workman compensation, I really became, uh, how you say it, comfortable. And I was dependent on that. But I rather, as long as I got my legs, my arms, my feet, I rather work and keep getting in the best way I know how. But some people get really comfortable and they get mad if they're short five hours on their paycheck or on their food stamp. They're ready to lose their mind. Where are five hours at? I don't know, going up there arguing with the people for five hours and it's free money. You know what I'm saying? So you're hitting some bones right now, and I know everybody looking like, wait a minute, I ain't even think that. Man, I'm glad you're speaking. Keep it up. And I, I want to share this with you guys. It's not just welfare. You can be a person who's not on welfare, got good credit, credit cards. Whatever you use your credit card, they know more about you than you know about yourself. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. They are tracking you. They know what you like to eat. If the government want to know, 9-11 has changed the world, y'all. Please remember this. They've been watching us for a long time, but now they have license to embezzle into your business. Cameras are everywhere. This is why it's stupid to commit a crime. Why would you go out and shoot somebody and then try to run? They got cameras everywhere. The only thing they got to do is look at the cameras for 20, 30 blocks away. They could track every vehicle that rolled by, every person that rolled by. It's easier for them to catch people now than ever before. If someone robbed a place, this is how dumb it is. You rob the place, jump in the car. They got you tracking 80 blocks away. They know where you're going at. They know where you're going. A voice, and it's sad. It was a young man who shot one of the other um, co-workers, got on the train. They tracked him from the time he shot her, that got on the L, watched him on the L, rode all the way back, and went straight to work after he killed this lady. Listen, y'all, they tracking you. Scepter got cameras all over the place. If you go to work, they are cameras. They are cameras on the street lights. They're watching you. They know you. They know where you're at. They're running your place. They know your license plate. They got the serial number. They know to track that car. It belongs to so-and-so. They know the, um, the number, the barcode that's in the windshield of your car. They know all the above about you. They know everything about you. Believe me. You're not, you're not anonymous. You're not secret. The only way you're secret if you change, go somewhere and live on the street. A lot of times we see people living on the street. We think they're crazy. They look like the scum of the earth. Those people are not crazy. What they did is drop off the face of the earth. They don't have a car. They don't have a card. They're not on welfare. They just take handouts. They just dropped off the face of the earth. There's no tracking them. They don't got them going inside supermarkets, clothing stores, coffee shop, hairdos, and all. Listen, everybody is underneath the radar. I'm telling you, folks, we out there. Uh, we, we are out there. Now, listen, if anybody want to talk, just push uh, star eight to talk. And if you want to share or something you would like to enlighten or a question, any question, bring your question on. We got people here who will talk with you. So please just push star eight to talk. This is why it's a time now if, if you – Love God, no matter what. First of all, God got the best secret service it ever was. He's been watching us with angels forever. 
The angels was called watchers in the days of old. They've been here watching. So the technology of man and surveillance is nothing compared to God. God got the highest tech it ever was. So I want to say to each and every one of you, we've been watched. We're not alone. Even when it was, if it was in the 40s, people could do something, kill somebody, nobody never know who did it. Not anymore. I don't care where you're at. Somebody is watching you. We have a caller. If you got a caller, come on in, caller. We want to hear from you. Speak to me, caller. Paula, if you put star eight, you should be unmuted. Okay, until the caller is ready. So I just want to let you know, it doesn't matter if you're getting food stamps no. or if you're not. The call is on. The call is on. Come on in, Carla. How are you? Fine. Uh, hello. How are you doing? Good, good. This is um, Lady J. I'll also go by DJ Philly Joy. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is talking about the Catholic Church. And one of the things I I noticed in my my life, a lot of changes happened in, in our, and, um, I can't say biblical church or regular church, but it seemed like a lot of fads was being picked up from the Catholic Church. Um, I don't know as far as that goes on, as far as you mentioned about the Catholic Church and what do you think about that as far as um, different other ministries that are not Catholic now picking up on their garb and different things? And kind of like, I don't know, it's like it's just been polluted. I want to say this, too, and I want everybody to please hear me, y'all. We're living in a time, even if if you're in the Pentecostal church or non-denominational church, I'm in a non-denominational church. It doesn't matter if it's non-denomination. doesn't matter if it's Baptist, Methodist, or Pentecostal churches in general or Catholic churches. Every church and every religion has people who are real, and then you have those who are fake. And let me explain this. You got those who are real, they're sincere about their religion. I don't care if you're Muslim, Jehovah Witness, um, Mormon, whatever you might be. People are sincere about their religion, even though they don't believe what we believe. And then you got those who just, they're not sincere about their religion, no matter what it might be. Every aspect and every religion in life, there are those who are real, and then those who those who are just they just they fake. They just go by the name, and they're not real. They're not genuine about it, even though they may not believe what we believe. But I want to say this: there's a difference between some people having challenges. They may have weakness in their life. And I remember one thing: when you read the seven churches, when we um, I think your Lady J, what's your name? That's that's your name, Lady J. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, Lady J. Um, when we went through the books of the seven churches, Christ was talking to his churches. And I want everybody to get a picture of this and understand. These were the churches of Christ. They had problems, y'all. It was seven churches. Out of the seven churches, only two had their house in order. Two of them. But all seven of them was Christ's churches. He was speaking to his churches. If you guys ever heard the saying that judgment must first begin at the house of God, listen, y'all, God would judge the churches. It starts, he judged his churches at the house of God. There was one in the church, 
that was involved with fornication. It was a God that they was indulging with. Now, these are one of the seven churches. I can't remember which one it was, but they was in, indulging in fornicating and sleeping. On, in those days, they would eat unto idols, and sometimes they would have sex unto the God of the idols with women who was prostitutes. And Christ was talking to his church. I know that's going to get a lot of y'all. And he said to her, oh, my people, come out of, come out from among her. This was involved, and some people believe, believe that some of these churches was the capital. God was calling them to come out from those churches. In other words, they belonged to Christ, but it was just a remnant that was real. And I want us to always get a picture of this. You got a lot of churches. I'm just going to deal with churches that people are struggling with different issues in their body, and they're going to have challenges. But God still loves everybody, y'all. He loved the Catholics. He loved the Muslims. He loved the Jehovah Witness. He loved the Buddhism. He wants all of them to come to the fullness of the knowledge of truth. And he wants, because some people went into these religions, they were sincere. They are seeking God. You have the atheists who don't believe that there is no God because they want to have proof that there is a God. And even that is bogus because, listen, y'all, atheists say, have you ever seen God before? Obviously, most people never seen God, never saw him, not face to face. But the same question can be applied, have you ever seen your brain before? Do you believe you have a brain? Yes, I believe I got a brain. Have you ever saw it before? How do you know you got a brain? You might have an eggshell in your head or a peanut. How do you know you got a brain? I know I got a brain because I can think. Well, I got to know that it's a God because I see the wind blowing. I can breathe. I see the sun shining. I see different types of weather come. When you look at these other planets, they don't have, the, they have weeks and weeks and months and years it might rain or it's too cold or it's too hot. It has different parts of what we got on this earth. We get four different seasons. Some of these planets got all these seasons going on the whole time. You can't breathe on some of these planets. Now, even in the Catholic Church, there are those who are coming out of it because most of them worship Mary. Jesus never called Mary mother. He called her woman. Now, listen, you're talking about the Jewish tradition. They called each other mother because they respected their parents. But Jesus never called her mother. He said, woman, what would you have me to do? My hour has not yet come. When Mary realized when Jesus was younger and she said to him, why didn't they left him at Jerusalem? Why didn't you tell us we was worried about you? Because they would come in groups. And when they would go back in groups, they saw Jesus was with the family, a big old group. When they got home, they realized he wasn't here. They went back to get him. He's talking with doctors and lawyers. And when she came back, she was upset. She said, why didn't you say, why didn't you let us know you were there? She goes, he said, woman, did you know not that I must be about my father's business? He wasn't talking about Joseph. Joseph was dead. <laughs> He's talking about God the Father. Joseph was not. The Bible really doesn't, it doesn't really talk about Joseph that much. But Joseph was a carpenter. We do know that. He was a good man. He was a God-fearing man. In fact, when he found out that Mary was pregnant, he was going to put her away quietly because it was a custom that it was three parts of the marriage before it can be 
concealed. And Joseph was in the second stage of the marriage. The man would go away, prepare a home, and fix it up, and then he would come back, marry her. And then the third part, whether he would go into her, and that concealed the marriage. So he went away, first part. He married her, the second part. The third part was he would marry her, and he would go into her. Her father would be outside the tent. His father would be outside the tent. The sheep would be a clean sheet. When he went into her, if the blood came off the sheet, which means the hind part was broken into, that meant she was a virgin. The father would show them the sheep. It sounds like it's embarrassing, but that's the way they did it. When you went into her, that was marriage, okay? And if there was blood on the sheet, the dad was a, a proud papa saying, my daughter was a virgin. She was faithful to him until he came back. If that sheet wasn't bloody, somebody was getting stoned, and it wasn't a man. Are you hearing me? So we had these type of marriage going on, and when Joseph found out she was pregnant, he said, I'm going to put her away quietly. I don't want them to stone her. The angel Gabriel came to him in a dream and told him, don't put her away. That was his conceiving hers of the Holy Ghost. So they accused Joseph of having sex with Mary before they got married. Isn't this crazy? Joseph was a just man. He would not have slept with her before he got married. He respected her virginity because he was a righteous man. So he said, I'm going to put her away quietly. But you got religion out there that said that Joseph and Mary, in other words, had sex in the back of the car. You get what I'm saying? This is where we act with people, the lies that's going on. And so when you find certain religion, there are a lot of religions who is unstable. But I want to challenge everybody to read the book of Revelation about the seven churches. All 77 churches was Christ's churches. And all five of them had an issue. Only two was right out of seven. One was so poor they was dying constantly. Christ told them to be faithful to death, which was Smyrna, and I give you a crown of life. He didn't tell them he's not he's going to preserve them and save them from death. He told them be faithful to death. Y'all going to die. I know y'all poor. Life hasn't been good to you. You've been poor all your life, but guess what? You're going to die. I don't want you to fight against it. Be faithful to death. I'm going to give you a crown of life. The other church was Philadelphia. God said, I set before your open door that no man could shut. Brotherly love. Philadelphia, full of love. And the other five? They was jacked up, but they was Christ's church. Now, I want to say this to you guys. You know when you're in something in a religion or in a church and they're not living according to the word of God. You got some praying to do and some thinking to do. You got to go back to the Lord and find, out, find a church where they exalt Jesus, they worship him, and they honor God according to living the life. They live holy. You need to find a church that does that. But there's a lot of churches that's not sincere. There, I know a lot of Muslim brothers who are sincere Muslims, but they got other Muslims who are fake Muslims. Are you hearing me? They say they're Muslim, but they're doing everything that everybody else doing. So they're fake Muslims. And that's why I said what I said. You have a lot of people who are sincere, even though they're in other religions, they are sincere. But then you got others who are saying that they're Muslims, who not even sincere? They'll blow your brains out, but they say they're Muslims. You get what I'm saying? Muslims, Islam's supposed to represent peace, not killing each other, not selling drugs. It's supposed to be a religion of peace. 
But you got those who say they're Muslim, but they want to blow your brains out, shoot you and kill you. Come on. So you got on every religion, you got people who are supposed to be pastors. But they, they sugar daddies and doing whatever they want to do. So you in every religion, you got the real, you got the fake. But it's only one way to get to heaven. And I want everybody to know that God wants everybody to come to heaven. He don't care if you're Muslim. He don't care if you're Jehovah's Witness. He wants you to come to him so he can fix you up. He want to make you what God wants you to be. He don't care if you was a Buddhist. He don't care if you was a prostitute, if you was an adulterer. He don't care what your life was, if you was on crack. He, was, he don't care if you was a hypocrite. People look at these things. And we put each other in boxes. We got to understand God is quick to pardon sins. He wants people to come to him. Only the devil wants people to follow all these religions. And Satan himself knows that there's only going to be one way to get to heaven. The devil knows this, y'all. But he don't want you to know this. I said something earlier when we were talking about um, those people who died. It doesn't matter if they were Chinese, Japanese, African, Italian, Greek, Indian, Ethiopian, all these people all over the world, when they died, they, some of them don't even speak our language. Most of them don't. They all went to the same place that they wasn't saved. They bust hell wide open. Isn't that ironic? Hmm. Think about it. They was in hell. If they was Arab or not, Jew or not, it doesn't matter. If they rejected Christ, they went to hell. But those who believed on Christ, when they got there, they met him, and they saw their loved ones, and he told some of them, it's not your time. You got to go back. How is it that all these kindreds and tongues and nations of language, some of these people didn't know nothing about no Bible, but they had encounters, and all of them talking the same thing when they crossed over to the other side. Let me tell you something. The Bible said, let God be true and every man a liar. We better wake up, y'all. You can't take a chance and roll the dice and you go into eternity to find out you was wrong on the wrong side of the track of serving God. It's too late. You can't come back no more. And a lot of people are crossing over on the other side. Jesus said, take heed to yourself. He said, for many should be deceived. Many is going to be deceived. Man, let me tell you something. A lot of people are going to die and go to hell because they believe in this many ways to get to God. They don't want to believe the right. If nothing else don't convince you that Jesus is God's son in the flesh, look at the way the demons respond to him. When he cast these spirits out of the people who had epilepsy, who had seizures, he would tell the spirit, come out of him. The spirit would come out of him screaming and hollering, saying, we know thou art the Christ, the anointed one. They would practically kill the people, tearing out of their body, and he would bring the people back to life. Nothing around him died, folks. The man was walking on the water. I mean, come on. He called Lazarus back from the grave. Lazarus been dead for four days. How can you miss that this is the Son of God? There is no other person calling nobody back from the grave for four days. And he always spoke in parables. The saying was said of him, 
I will open my mouth in dark sayings of parables of which we have known of old of our fathers. A parable is a dark saying. A proverb is a wise saying. But he spoke in many parables. You go to the book of Luke, that's all he spoke about in parables. But out of all the parables he talked about, check this one out. He talked about a parable of hell. And people say, oh, it's just a parable. Out of all the parables Jesus ever spoken about, he never used names. Name was anonymous. He would never use names. But when he talked about the rich man and Lazarus, he started using names. Because this was a true statement. I personally believe all the parables really happened. He just never said the name. But when he dealt with hell, how the rich man died and Lazarus died, and the rich man opened his eyes and hell being tormented, and he looked over and he sees somebody that we know of. Father Abraham, he used a name. Can you send Lazarus over here to dip his dip some cool water and put it on my tongue? Abraham said, he can't come over there to you. Remember in your lifetime you had good things and Lazarus was poor? Now, that's not why the rich man was in hell. He was in hell because he didn't fear God. He, was, he loved his riches, was his God. He didn't fear Jehovah God, the true living God. And he said, besides, there's a gulf between me and you. And the rich man said, can you send Lazarus to my brothers and them? You know what Abraham said to them? Abraham said, they had Moses. Don't that sound like somebody we know? And the prophets. Now, who is Moses and the prophets? When you read in the Bible, it talks about the 70 elders, who God took the spirit of Moses from off him, his anointing, and put it on the 70 elders. What did the elders do? They prophesied. Moses and the prophets, the 70 prophets were the one prophesying. He was saying, they are there as a witness for your brother so they don't have to come to that place where you're at. This was a real event, y'all. This is not something that was fabricated. Moses and the 70 elders who was prophesying when God took from his spirit and put it on them, this was a long time ago. He told us a parable that happened a long time ago. Yet Jesus is in the New Testament. He went back 4,000 years ago letting you know about this rich man who was roasting in hell. His soul can never die. He's alive. He has a conscience that he got family on the earth. Listen, don't you think for one second your loved one is in eternity and they don't know what's going on? You're kidding yourself. They remember you. They knew they had children. They knew they was married. They knew they had a wife or a husband. They knew all about this life. They are in eternity waiting to stand before God one day to be judged. If they were saved, they with the Lord. They're around God's angels. They're around the other saints who died thousands and thousands of years ago who feared God. There is a host in heaven that is waiting for those to come here who are on their way there to die. They live and they die. Folks, we can never die. Please understand, this life is a probation. You are only here on probation. I don't care how much you love your children. I don't care how much you love your wife. I don't care how much you love your husband. I don't care how much you love your job. You may love your career. You may love the places of traveling. You may love your beautiful home. You can get in a car and die tomorrow. You are not guaranteed to see another day. It doesn't matter. 
Your job is to find out your purpose that God put you here for. You're going to stand before God. Those who believe that Jesus is Lord, those who say, I would never believe he was Lord, it don't matter, you're still going to meet him. And people who met Christ, they said his eyes, just like John said, his eyes is like the flame of fire. They say he looked right through them. And he could hear what they were thinking, they said. He heard my thoughts. See, in the spiritual world, not only Jesus, but angels and demons can hear your thoughts. You can keep your mouth shut, but they hear what you're thinking. There is nothing secret in the spiritual world. Another thing is when you encounter the spiritual world, you can see things you know things that you didn't know before. In this world, you got questions. When you die, you will know all those things. All that stuff will come back to you. It's no longer a mystery. You will just know it. They don't have to teach you this. You don't need no books. See, it was a time when men didn't need books. As men continue to live, sin darkened their knowledge. So now they need books. They got to go to school and get a degree. There was a time that people had wisdom that would blow your socks off. They knew things. They knew things. We lost all of that. Thanks to good old Adam and Eve. All of that's gone. So now we got to pray, get filled with the Holy Ghost, Pray that God give us a spirit of discernment. Pray that God give us word of knowledge. Pray that God give us word of wisdom. Pray that God give us prophecy. These gifts he give us to protect us and let us know what's going on around us. But when you die, you will know things. You will know why your daddy rejected you. You may not even know who your daddy was. When you die, you will know who your father was. Whoever your biological father was, soon as you die, you will know who he was. You will know his name, everything about him. This rich man knew things. He knew. He said, I'm tormented in this place. I don't have no water. It's hot here. Can you send Lazarus over here, Abraham? Abraham said, I can't do that. See, the old patriarchs, when they died, they couldn't go to heaven. There was a part of hell that was paradise with those who was in paradise and the other part who was in tormented because the Messiah did not come at the time. Christ's prophecy was spoken of him but he did not come. So when he died for three days, he went down into hell, released those that was in hell, brought them back up out of there. Then they was worthy to go to the third heaven. So this rich man was on the part of tormented. Lazarus on the part of peace with Abraham and all those that feared God. That's where Lazarus was at. Moses was still on the earth at the time. Can you imagine that? So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was over there with Abraham when Lazarus was there. Moses was still on the earth. Moses was alive. He was still on the earth. God is talking through Moses at that time. He's getting Moses. Moses might have been in the wilderness with the children of Israel. He was on the earth. He was alive at that time when this thing took place with Abraham and the rich man and Lazarus. When Jesus was sent, he pulled back the spiritual world veil just to give us a little peace. God don't really let you know a lot about eternity. It is a surprise when you go over to the other side. I promise you. And I don't care what you believe with all your heart. If you don't believe what this word of God is saying, this Bible is saying to you, you're in trouble when you cross over. It wouldn't matter. Well, I believe in this. And I, don't believe in I worship the mothership, the God, the moon, the stars. You are in trouble when you go across. These demons love the ideal of knowing that you don't know about Jesus. They love that ideal because they know you want to spend eternity with them in hell. 
Because they know it's only one way to get to heaven. They know this. This is why when Jesus came on the earth, he cast them out of people. They were giving people sickness, disease, poverty, all types of diseases going on. Everybody Jesus came across, he healed them. There's not one man in the Bible, one woman, who met Jesus, and Jesus did not heal them. He healed them completely, y'all. They didn't need no more doctors after they met Jesus. He totally healed them. If they were born blind, they could see. If they could not hear, they can hear. If they had seizures, he, he cast the devils out so much that the seizure was gone forever. If they were dumb as in you couldn't talk, when he cast out the spirit, those were spirits. They can talk. Their tongue was released. They could talk like they never, they probably never talked in their life. When Jesus cast that spirit out, their tongue was just as loose as you and I. All these things Jesus did. He didn't allow nothing around him to be sick, withered, or dying. He couldn't die around him. He's God's son. But the most interesting thing, like my buddy Ron said, he said he's the second Adam. Adam, the first Adam, had the same power, and he never got a chance to use it. And we are the offspring of Adam. Jesus was training the disciples to let them know the power that I'm giving back to y'all. Y'all can do this. And after he did what he did, all those disciples did the same miracles Jesus did and greater. Peter walked by people and his shadow was healing people. Listen now. Jesus did the miracle. He sent the Holy Ghost back, filled up the disciples that walked with Jesus. And when he got filled, Peter's shadow was healing people. He was doing the same miracle Jesus was doing. And Jesus said, the works that I do so you do also, and greater works than these so you do. And greater works than these so you do. Greater. Notice the terminology of it. Greater works than these so you do. We have another caller. Caller, I'm listening. Shalom. 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 Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you, caller. Well, I have a question. My question is, um, when the Savior gave us the power to do what he was able to do, <clears throat> as far as men being ahead, why is it that men is allowing women to run everything, to be the first in line for things instead of our men taking the forefront and standing up. Hey, Carla, this is what happened in a lot of cases. God, the Lord definitely put men to be in the forefront and to do things. But a lot of men, in order to lead, you got to have a leadership spirit. Even though you can be born a male, but everybody that's born a male don't know how to lead. And he wanted them to lead. If you read the book of Judges, there was a lady in there named Deborah. And there was another man in there whose name was Barak. And she was a strong woman. And she was trying to tell him what he needed to do. And he wanted her to lead, but she said, no, you're the man. You take the leadership. There were some women, not all women now, there are some women who want to take that leadership role of a man. 
but you got some other women who are just as powerful and they got power. They rather have a man lead. But all men cannot lead. You got to remember a lot of men are bored of understanding and wisdom. And a lot of them. We were not where we're supposed to be at because we're not doing what we're supposed to do to get to where we're supposed to be at. And a lot of people are messed up. And they're trying, they're doing a lot of things. This is why it, it, it hurts my heart. The devil has done a real good job messing up the men. It doesn't matter what race the man is, if he's Arab, black, Latino, Caucasian. The devil has done a good job, divide and conquer. He has divided the nation and conquered them. And some men don't know who they are. This is why it's not good when men get stuck on alcohol. He's an alcoholic, illicit sex, or crack, or drugs. He's fallen from the place he's supposed to be at. And he's trapped, and he's in bondage. He's in bondage. And then there's other men who pursue the career of a higher learning. They got education, but they still not leading. Because we can be educated, and that doesn't qualify us as a leader. You will be surprised at the people who I know are highly educated. You wouldn't let them lead you to the water. I'm telling you. And they thought the education leader, leadership is a character. And in order to be a leader, one of the greatest aspects of being a leader, you must be around other leaders and learn how to lead. Some people have never been trained. They are so caught up into themselves. It's the kingdom of me. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people who love themselves. It's all about them. You know what I'm saying? Um, excuse me. Well, people, we already know. This is all about freedom of speech, freedom to grow, freedom to learn and know. Welcome to Sound City Radio. All we ask you to do is be real, be safe, and be ready. And I do see you call it at Push Star 8. I'm waiting for Minister Calamine to come back. He just had a little emergency real quick. He had a hit 10 too. But um, I hope you are, are loving what we're hearing today. Minister Calamine. Back to what the sister was saying, there is some people, some ladies who do want to leave, but from the beginning, that's not God's will. He didn't want them to take over and dominate. He wanted the men to leave. That was his purpose. But in the kingdom of God, as we move further, the Bible said that we're no longer Jews, no Gentile, no males, no female. Men are the head, and God called men to lead. He did. But all men don't know how to lead. I learned that from a bad experience. It, it takes it's a character that God wants us to have more than anything else. And leadership is something that I really would suggest that people pray, go before God, get into his word, and then get underneath strong leadership where you can learn how to be a leader. And it's, you're right, sis. It's supposed to be men leading. But men have not yet went to learn how it is to lead. They haven't uh, made themselves available to it. Um, caller, come on in, caller. Yeah, but another caller, we want you to come on in, caller. We want to hear what you have to say. Come on in. Um, we hey. hear... Yes, hey. come on in. There. How you doing there, people? How are you, I... sir? How you doing there? Yeah, I love the topic about God. God is awesome. You know what I mean? I always, uh, how you say, uh, I walk by faith. You know, uh, I'm the guy that had a heart attack, and then uh, my kidneys were shutting down, 
And they was like, well, you're going to have to go on dialysis. And I said, well, my faith is in God. And I'm not going on dialysis because God is going to deliver me from that. And I'm walking by faith. You know, uh, I don't I don't want to go on a machine, but uh, my, 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 I have a strong faith in God. And I'm doing okay right now. So that's all I had to say. Man, I'm glad to hear your testimony that God has redeemed you from your heart attack. And that is serious things. Um, earlier we addressed it. We asked everybody. I love y'all, saints. I really love you guys. And we we really got to pray for each other. All of us do. And as much as we can, let's try to be patient with each other. If we know people are overtaken and false, pray for each other, y'all. Love each other. It's only one race, the human race. I don't care what religion people may be from. Pray for them. Pray for them that God will bring them to the fullness of the truth and the knowledge. Love them. If they Muslim, I got a lot, of, a lot of guys that I knew. I grew up around a lot of Muslim brothers. I love them. I genuinely love them. And it's nothing but respect and love towards them. And they know my saying, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. But I still love them. That is a human being who is speaking God. I don't care what background they're from. We got to love each other and love people. Regardless of what race we are, and at times we, we have our fallouts as races of people, but we also have our fallout as brothers and sisters in our own family, too. So remember that. There's only one race, the human race. Last week I talked about the Good Samaritan, how the question was asked, who is my neighbor? Jesus gave this uh, lawyer a scenario of a man who was a Jew who was going to Jericho, and he was beaten and robbed and left for dead. The priest came by, looked at him, crossed over on the other street, side of the street. A Levite came by, looked at him, crossed over on the other street, side of the street. Listen, the high priest was the one that interceded for the Jews on to God. The Levite was the one that would kill the animals and cut their throats and offer up the sin sacrifice. If anybody should have knew about having mercy on them, it should have been the high priest, it should have been the Levite, because they do the atonement for the sin once a year. But it wasn't neither one of these cats that looked out for this dude. It was a Samaritan, a Samaritan. He's a half-breed. He's half-Jew, he's half-Gentile. He worships idols. But he saw this Jewish man blamed him, a full-blooded Jewish man. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the Bible said, and he had compassion for him. He took him, put him on his donkey or mule, took him to the inn, and when he took him to the inn, um, um, we have another caller coming in. Thank you, Will. Put him on the inn and paid 34 cents of two days' salary back then. We're going back thousands of years ago, whatever it might be. And he said, this is the salary. It's two days' wages, 34 cents. Think about that, folks. 34 cents was two days of wages. <laughs> My God. Um, that lets you know how far, how long ago it was. Two days of wages for 34 cents. He said, I'm leaving this for him. And if he spend and exhaust this 34 cents, let me know. It's on me. I got him. I got him. Don't put it on his tab. He had compassion, which put him in the hall of fame of Jesus parables of this man, and Jesus asked the question, which one was his neighbor? 
See, a neighbor is someone who does something for you, who has compassion for you. That's who your neighbor is. You can have a bloodline brother or sister or cousin, and they may never do nothing for you, and got plenty of money and look at you, starve to death, and get kicked out, evicted, lose everything, and ain't going to help you. And then turn around and might tell you the Lord is doing this to you <laughs> on top of that. But a neighbor is someone who has compassion for you. That man didn't care he was a Jew and he was a Samaritan. He was a human, and he had compassion on him. When Jesus said, do unto others as you will have them do unto you, that means what you will want people to do for you is what you should do for someone else. But what we think is, I'm not doing that for him because he's trying to take advantage of me, so I ain't going to help him. That's on him. But when we are in need, God, I wish somebody would help us. No, it don't go like that. That's not the way God is telling us. The Bible said, how can we say we love God who we never see? And we don't love people who we see? Come on in, caller. Talk to me, caller. Who are you, caller? Shalom, I'm back again. I I have a question. It it was some information that I had seen today, and I know that um, a lot of us, we don't, you know, dig into other sources of of information besides just watching the regular TV channels. Um, Today's news is letting us know on the holiday that's about to come up, which is Halloween, that um, the Pope, his wound is about to be healed because he feels that the overall reuniting the religion groups, everybody is getting ready to come under that one umbrella. So what I've been realizing is that that wound in Revelations, I believe the 13th chapter, if I'm wrong, correct me. The wound is being healed to the point of there was another article that came out and it's saying that um, by the end of 2018, everybody will be Michael Tripp. So with that being said. What year was that, you said? By the end of 2018, next year, everybody will be Michael Tripp. Mm -hmm. So that is a concern that we need to be teaching more of. I mean, yes, a lot of people, it's frightening, and I hope that – we are on the path of which we should go. But at the same time, give me your another, on that. I want to um, ask you another question. When you said wound, what wound? When you said the Pope wound is being healed, what wound are you talking about? Um, the wound in which that um, his when the Protestants and everyone had separated from the organization of being under one umbrella, mm-hmm. 
And at this time, he feels that he's going to make an announcement on their holiday, which is Halloween, that everyone can be united under one religion belief, that everyone is serving the same master, which I would not say God in knowing that they're not serving the same most high as I serve. I won't give them that respect. And oh, okay. sit back and say, as we as a people, we are to love everyone. But God also hated. And people normally say, oh, he hated the sin. Okay, if he hated the sin or what the people was doing, he killed them. Okay, we can't go around killing people today because of, Sin because of a lot of us will be already dead, including myself. And I'm mm-hmm. grateful for his grace. Okay. Now, regarding the, the Catholic Church, what they're doing and what the Pope is talking about, I don't know anything about that. This one thing I do know, I understand that Halloween is a time where the devil gets his glory and his angels that's with him that's when they are glorified during that period of time. What the Pope is doing, I'm not sure about what they're doing, what all they're into. Um, But I will say this, back to the killing, in the Old Testament, they was underneath the law. So when they broke the law, it was sudden death. Um, Nobody could have kept the law. And if one broke one law, they was guilty of all ten laws. In the New Testament, Christ came, shed his blood, we're under the grace dispensation, but God showed mercy. And now we basically, even in the Old Testament, men reap what they sow. If you sow bad seed, it will come back on you. God doesn't have to kill people, but if he wanted to, he still can take lives. We realize I have one thing to say. You just said that Christ came back as the sacrifice for the law or did he sacrifice himself for us to no longer share blood of animals to the most high? Because oh, he came back. because Christ kept the law. He yes. kept the law. Mm-hmm. So in the New Testament, as we would say, that he kept the law. So he was doing his father's will. So he yes. kept the law, yes, for us to sit back and say that the law was done away with, that's not true. Well, it is true because i tell you why. If you try to keep the law right now, there is a law. The law wasn't done away with, and I'll explain that to you. There's only two laws right now. Here it is. The first law is you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and spirit. The second law is, these are the laws in the New Testament, love your neighbor as yourself. Vertically, you and God, horizontally, vertically, you and God, horizontally, how you love the neighbor. These are the two greatest laws that you can deal with in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it was sin, but in the New Testament, 
It's only two, loving God first and loving your neighbor as yourself. The but, Bible, but the New Testament teaches us also to keep the commandments. What, what, I know. what are you talking about? Yeah, excuse me for a minute. The Bible says, for the commandment is as a lamp, and the law is as a light, and reproof of instructions are the ways of life. We can't go back to the law because what the law said, if you committed adultery, I got to stone you to death. Ain't Only because man's, man's law took over. Man's law took over. It's because if we were still going according to Scripture, yeah, it 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 straightened out a lot of this stuff that's going on today. It yeah. will. So you're I saying can't. that us keeping his Sabbath, which he made for us to praise him and everything like that, over what the Catholic Church had gave us as their mark of authority is Sundays. Let me say this with in the book. This is the thing that we know. I don't live by the law, okay? My belief and what I believe in from the time that Christ was born and he died, it changes. That's my belief. We don't believe in living by trying to keep the Tenth Commandment. Nobody could keep the Tenth Commandment. So why would God still have the Tenth Commandment going on in the New Testament? He didn't need that. It was a shadow of things which was to come. This is why they kept offering lambs and bullocks and sheep and turtle doves, because it was a shadow of things to come. Christ is the official offering of all time. The Bible said if men will confess with their mouth and believe in their heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead, they shall be saved. They got to confess their sin to God now. They can go straight to the throne of grace and ask God to forgive them. We don't have to kill no ox or sheep or turtle doves or bullocks. Those days is over with. The Jews still doing that because they don't believe their Messiah, Yahshua, Hamasiah, came. They don't believe he came yet. So they still offering bullocks and sheep. We know that Christ was the Messiah. He is the sacrificial offering. When he died, the veil ripped from the temple up to the, from the bottom, straight up to the top. Normally when something tears, it tears from the top down. But it was a supernatural tearing. It ripped from the bottom, went straight up vertically. And the priest was the last one to give the okay for them to crucify Christ. You see, the high priest was the one that would give the authority to kill the animal, the sacrifice. They couldn't kill him until the priest said, thumbs down, he got to go. Once they said that, they took him away and crucified him. Thus, setting the stage, he is the Lamb of God. And if you read Revelation 14, verse 1, it said, And I looked it, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion. Who is this lamb? Revelation is symbols, numbers, and colors. The lamb is Christ. He is the lamb. He's the lamb that's been wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. That's what Isaiah 53 talks about, this lamb that would die on the cross. The prophetic word was he's coming to die one day. When he shows up, he said, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written to me to do your will, O God. He said, sheep offering, all this offering you would not have. But he gave his body a living sacrifice. This is why he said it is finished when he gave up the ghost and he died. He came to die. 
He told them that. He even told them, he said, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll bring it back up again. They thought he was talking about a building. He was speaking of his death, burial, and resurrection, that he was going to come back again after he died. So when he died, they couldn't keep the law, just like you said. They could not keep the law at all. Nobody could. If you try to keep the law, you died. The Bible said there was none righteous. No, not one. Not one man was righteous. Christ came to sacrifice his life as a ransom for everybody. Now people could come to the Lord and get saved because the Jew or Gentile, it didn't matter no more. It doesn't matter. We can come to God and say, forgive me, Lord, for my sins. Come into my heart. There is a way that God allows people to come to him. The Bible says, and every man that strives for mastery is not crowned except he, um, except he, um, um, and every man that strives for mastery is not crowned except he strives lawfully. There's a lawful way that God does things. And so I want to go back into what I was doing, but we no longer underneath the law. We're under grace dispensation because if we was underneath the law, a lot of people would be dead from the White House all the way on the outhouse. Y'all ain't talking to me. So God would have been cleaning house because there's a lot of liars and all kind of stuff going on. But we're not underneath law. We're under grace. The Bible says we confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, when would it be where these people would get marked with these tips? I don't know. And to be honest with you, when the tips really is enforced, that's going to come during the period of the Antichrist. Right now it's optional. When the Antichrist comes, the book of Daniel says, and he will cause great, rich, and small, and poor to receive his mark. And if you don't get the mark, Revelation told us your head will be cut off. Now, I don't think we're going to be doing that by uh, year 2018. I, I don't believe it'll be that soon. But I believe after that happens, um, uh, once that do happen, it's going to happen during the tribulation period where the guillotine is coming back and those who will not confess Jesus, who will not deny, who will deny, who will not deny. Jesus as Lord, they're going to have their head cut off because they're taking a stand for Christ. But for those who are going to compromise and say, I'm going to take my chance and get this mark, the Bible says whosoever received the mark of the beast during that period, their soul is damned for all, they can never be repented again of that. That's it. The devil's seal is on them for eternity. But those who are in the, this is the tribulation period. The church will not be on the earth during this period of time. But for those who will be here during this time, um, they will be able to take a stand and die for Christ's sake. But for those who take that mark, they're done. When they go on eternity, life, listen, y'all, this is just a vapor. 5,000 years, 20,000 years, 30, 40, 50, 100,000 years, they that took that mark will still be roasting and hollering because they got that mark of the beast. But just a short period of time, and we don't even live to be 100 years old, that's a high price to pay. I can't afford to pick up that tab. So I would rather take my chance in serving God and living for him and dying on this side and then living again forever, which is called 
the second life. So I, I, I just know and understand this, that all this stuff is going to take place like never before. When the Antichrist comes, he's going to come with lying wonders. He's going to bring all the religions together. Now, remember, you got the, the Antichrist, who is the beast. He's going to cause people to get the mark. You got the Pope. The Pope, who will be, one of these Pope will be the false prophet. People are going to, they're going to see the wonders work. He did. They're already worshiping this man. But when they realize this Pope, which one he's going to be, I don't know, can do miracles, they're really going to love him. And they're going to go after the Christians. You can hear the, the Bible calls it the spirit of an antichrist. Now, the spirit of antichrist is any spirit that is against Christ. It's antichrist. The spirit of anti, it speaks against Christ. It degrades him. It belittles him. It criticizes him. He's not real. He's a fake. He's a phony. He's not the Messiah. He's not the real one. He's not God. He's not the Son of God. That's the spirit of antichrist. The Bible says no one that has the spirit of God can call Jesus a curse. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but except for those who do not have the spirit of God, they can call Jesus a curse and they can call, they can say that he's not Lord because they don't have the spirit of Christ. But if you got the spirit of God and you got the spirit of the Lord living in you, it's no way in the world you can say that Jesus Christ is a curse or he's not God. It's no way you can say it because you know that your spirit bear witness with you. All right, I want to go back into this thing that we're dealing with right here. And we left off at the, oh, my goodness. Let me go, go ahead and finish the rest of this up. Um, verse 8, Babylon. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations to drink of her wine and of her wrath, and of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, the image is the mark of the Antichrist, and receive his mark in his forehead or his right hand, the same should drink of the wine of wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of indignation. And he shall be what tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And that's what's going to happen. Um, and what you want to do, um, if you want to, you can read up on Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 to 20, and that will give you some more information about what the sister was just talking about. And listen, verse 11 said, And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever received the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Listen to this, y'all. From henceforth, yes, saith the Spirit of the Lord, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. Blessed are the those who die in the Lord. This is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, that they may rest from their labors 
and their works do follow them. You know, the scripture kept coming back to me over and over and over. I knew it was in the Word, but I didn't know how to pinpoint it. It was Revelation 14, 13, when the Lord said, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. That verse kept coming back to me. It kept coming back to me. I didn't know why, but it kept coming back to me. And that's something that God encouraged you, that when you die and you love the Lord, the Bible says you're blessed. Not because you got a house, car, and money in the bank, the diamond, and jewels, and healthy. That's part of it. But blessed are those who die in the Lord. And they are resting of their labors. Their work's going to follow them. I encourage you, keep on working for the Lord, y'all. Don't worry about it. Your works are going to follow you when you go in eternity. Verse 14, and I looked at and behold a white cloud. And upon the cloud was one like unto the Son of Man, having on his head golden crown, and in his hand a heart and a sickle. Something that you could cut down something with grass with. And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on a cloud, thrust in the sickle and to reap, for the temple has come for thee to reap. The time has come, I'm sorry, for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. This would be during the time when it would be time for him to reap back, for the harvest of the time of the earth is ripe. And he that sat upon the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came down out of the temple, which is, uh, which is in heaven, and also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire. The power over fire. This angel had power over fire. When you read the book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar talk about the three Hebrew boys, Meshach, Shadrach, and the bad Negro. All three of them were thrown into the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar looked in the fire. It was three of them. He said, did not we throw three inside the fire? Behold, I see four of them walking around. And one looked like the Son of God. The sons of God in the Old Testament were angels. They called them the sons of God. This is the angel that had the power over fire. This was that angel. Because the Bible said there was no smoke on their clothes. They did not burn. The heat was taken from the fire. In fact, those that threw them in the fire died at the heat of the fire, but not Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. So let me say, let me finish reading this. And he cried with a loud cry to him that had the, had the sharp sickle, saying, thrust in your sickle, sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the war, of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and the blood came out in the winepress, even unto the horse's bridle by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. This is when men will die when Christ come in because they're going to be pursuing the Jews to wipe them out, little Israel, to kill them. At that time, Russia, 
China will be trying to kill out the Jews, and when Christ come and put his foot on Mount Zion, he will wipe them out when he comes back with the saints. And the blood is going to be up to the horse's bridle at that time. So we're in for a time that is going to come, and I can assure you, beloved, this Bible is right on cue. It is very accurate. People have attacked it over the years. They have criticized it. Now they're going after King James. Let me say this. King James is not my Lord. He's not my God. The only thing he did is translate it into English. And I read this Bible in King James Version because the way they spoke, these vowels and those, you can get it in another language. Each time it is translated, you lose some of the language of it. I get it. And because even though he translated it to our language, we lost some Greek and Hebrew meaning of certain words. But nevertheless, the foundation of God saying is sure. It still means what it says, and it says what it means that men must be born again. Men must repent of their sins. Men must come to the fullness of the knowledge that they must be born again. They have to confess their sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I've sinned, you sin, and every day I'm still confessing my sin before the Lord. I haven't arrived. Maybe some people have, but I believe that when you arrive is when you're at the feet of God. We all are a work in progress that God is working on us daily, and he's making us into his image, and he's pruning us. He's pruning us. When ladies get their hair cut, they prune their hair. They cut the ends that's splitting so it can grow longer. So he's constantly, though the outward man perish, yet the inner man is renewed day by day. So we're being renewed, y'all. We haven't arrived. You're still going to have those challenges because your flesh still going to crave to do evil. And when you read that, the Holy Ghost is what restrains us from doing what we want to do. And even though you can have the Spirit of God in you, you may, you're still going to crave to do that which is wrong because in your flesh dwells no good thing. Your flesh have a desire. All of our flesh do. No need to fake this thing. Let's be real. Everybody flesh have a desire, and that's why the word of God tells us to fast and pray and get before the Lord so that God can change us. He can make us what we need to be. And so as we continue to walk before the Lord, he makes us what we need to be. We got to remember this, beloved, that God cares about us, and he want to do another thing in our life. So right now, I just want to do... Uh, a, a sinner's man prayer, uh, and just want everybody to repeat after me after the sound of my voice. And let's just do this thing real quick. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, we thank all of you for listening in. We thank all of you for your comment or what you say. Um, um, and I want you to repeat after me and just hear what I'm saying. Say, oh, God, be merciful, a sinner. Cleanse me and wash me in the blood of the Lamb. Create in me a clean heart. Renew within me the right spirit and write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. 
and become Lord and Master and Savior of my soul. This day, I acknowledge Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. This day, I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said what you meant and meant what you said, God hear your prayer. There's not a certain way to say it. We go through those ways to lead people to repentance, but no matter which way you say it, if you say, oh, God, just forgive me and help me, I don't know everything and I don't got all the answers, but if you cleanse me and wash me, Lord, I will serve you and obey you and keep your word. And if you say those things, the way you will cry out to God, it's not a set repentance, and you seek God, I want to encourage you to read your Bible, go into the gospel. Don't stop here. Go into your gospel, read. Find you a God-fearing church, a church that loves the Lord and preaches from the word of God, and grow and learn. And you grow. And don't look at the people of the church and walk away from God. You grow because of what God's word says. The word of God is perfect. The laws of God is, is righteous altogether. Go into the word of God, and you read that Bible, and you grow. And the more you read of the gospel, learn about the Lord, and keep listening in every Monday from 5 to 7 on Sound Radio. We love you. We want you to call, and we want to hear from everybody. And I love people. I love people. Sin is sin. I love people. All have sinned. I got sin. You got sin. Everybody got sin. Folks, we can't hate you for sinning, and we got our own sin. You get what I'm saying? So I don't want you to think that people hate you because you sin. Yeah, some people, they're mad at you when you sin against God. Jesus didn't kill the sinners. He loved the sinners. He ate with them. He fellowshiped with them. They didn't like Jesus doing that. He said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And I want to let you know, beloved, now that you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, and now that you're serving him, you're going to be fighting against the enemy. Strange things are going to happen. Your boss, your friends, your family, husband, wife, kids, family members, job, things are going to turn against you. But you got to remember, you got a whole host of heaven and angels that's around you. You keep reading your word and you keep praying. And you got brothers and sisters who love you and people that care for you, genuinely care for you. And as God moves you on throughout the years and he moves you up in titles and positions, don't worship the position. Don't get caught up in the position in the title. That don't mean nothing. It's your spirit that matters to God. God only gives you a title so you can teach others. Nobody is greater than each other. The only great one is Jesus. We're not great people, but we serve a great God. If you serve him with all your heart and you stay in your word and you live according to this word, God will remember you. It's not God's will that any man or woman should perish, but that all people might come to repentance. He cares about people. God cares for people. We will be amazed how much he cares for people. Everybody who had died and met Jesus when they went into eternity, they always talk about 
the love they felt coming from him. Yet on the earth, we display God as a murderer, a killer. He'll cut you off. But when you meet him, you can feel the love coming from him. They talk about this, and I long to feel that love one day when I get before him, that I heard so much about when they came in his presence. They could feel the love that he had for them. You, you know, in most cases, mothers had that love towards their children unconditional. They love their kids. They don't care if he's on crackhead, if he's an alcoholic, or he's a, a thief, a low-down Low down, dirty, no good, you name it, he's it. That's still her baby. That's still her son. That's still her daughter. She don't care how many times she sell her body. That's still my baby. I love her. Well, God love is greater <clears throat> than that. A hundred times greater. I mean, it is real, y'all. And he loves people. And he's concerned about people. Family can reject you. People can walk away from you. People remember your sin and keep on criticizing you about the sins that God done forgave you about. Don't ever be that woman, that man that get caught up like that. When people are like that, they miss God. They don't know God. You only know God when you realize how much he loves you. Because it's not about people don't care about how much you know till they know how much you care. If you show people that I'm not going to ever forget your sin, those people need to go back to the altar and get their stuff checked. I don't care what title you got. God made everybody, and he loves people. And it's a delightful thing when people repent before God. I want to pray for everybody that's listening. Father, in the name of Jesus, for the callers and people who repeated the sinner's man prayer, for those who may not know me, it doesn't matter, for those who called in, Thank you, Lord, for allowing them to call in. Thank you, God, for those who listen in. Thank you for their life. Their life, Lord, is important to you. It's important to all of us because they have a purpose for their life. Now, God, I pray that you will enhance their life. You increase and let all of us decrease. Move obstacles and hindrance out of our lives. In the name of Jesus, Lord, do a new thing for all of us, Lord. God, lay your hand upon us. Break strongholds and demonic forces. Move by your spirit, God. Let no weapon be formed against us. Prosper in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what all you're doing and how you're moving in the earth, God. Break down strongholds, principalities, demonic forces. God, do a new thing. Anoint it with fresh oil upon our head. Give us purpose and destiny in the name of Jesus. Move by your spirit. Prosper us, God. Give us the mind of the witty invention, Proverbs 8, 12. Move by your spirit, God. Have your way in our life. Continue to let us grow in you. By your spirit, God, we love you because you love us, Lord. And let us love one another, Lord. In the name of Jesus, to your glory we pray, amen. I love you. I want to encourage you. Read the book of Matthew. Start there. For those of you who said the prayers, and read Matthew. When you get to Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, yeah, that's when Jesus go all the way in, Jack. He goes all the way in. He gives you a taste of heaven and what he expects for us to do on the earth. The Bible said, let thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He gives us a taste of it. 
Heaven is a place for people who have a certain type of character. They're not here to condemn you of your sins and what you've done in the past. They're here to forgive you and help you get better. You always want people around you who are going to make you better in God. You don't want people that's going to criticize you and put you down and every time look, uh-huh, see, I knew that. They're looking at everything, critical observer. You got to get away from people who do that to you. Oh, you got to watch yourself with them. Get away from people that act like that. Those are people who don't believe God can change people. I'm sorry, this gospel is about believing God can change people. It's the day, the moment that I hold people's sin against them, I stop believing it. I'm not going to bring up your sin. The Bible says far the east is from the west. That's how far God will move our sins from us. Find someone that you can be long-suffering towards and love them. Pray for them. You don't got to tell them, I'm praying for you all the time, but you just pray for them. Be a great listener. Never tell people, oh, I don't feel like hearing what you got to say. Never say that to people because you don't know they might go and blow their brains out or jump in front of a train. You may be the last person they ever came to, and you just blow them off like they're not important. Don't do that to people. This is why the Bible said, by this do all men know you are my disciples for the love you have one for another. I hope you continue to join us. We're going to be back here next Monday the same time from 5 to 7. We went over time, but that's okay. You are important to us. Um, uh, this is the Stop um, SoundCloud radio station. And when we talk about this is church radio station, when we talk about the Lord. I'm Brother Calvin. I love you. I haven't arrived, and you haven't neither. God is still working on me. He's working on me. I promise you that. He's working on me. And I don't mind God working on me. I want to be better. I want to be better. And you wonder why you're still here and you haven't died yet because God is still working on you. But as he works on you, you find out what your purpose is. Learn what you can learn. Pray and ask God to show you his will for your life. Some people say, oh, how can you be that old and don't know your will? Folks, let's not be stupid now because Moses didn't know his purpose until he was 80 years old. It's the difference between Moses and Samuel. Samuel learned his purpose when he was a young boy. God called him when he was a little kid. Moses didn't know his purpose until he was 80 years old. All of us are not the same. Some people try to be too deep. Oh, by now you should know your purpose. Because you see people doing things in ministry, how do you know if God told them to do that? God probably told them to sit their butt down and wait on him, and they went on ahead and started ministry because they knew how to teach or preach or prophesy. Please don't just sing before time. Because you see people doing ministry, that don't mean God. The gifts and the calling is without repentance, y'all. But look how God is using them, Brother Calvin. It don't matter. God probably told them, sit and wait. They running ahead of God. He said, I wanted to tell them I need them to go on a 40-day fast and do something else, but they went on and became a pastor. There's a lot of people out of their calling, a lot of people. You will be surprised. You got teachers who are pastors, <laughs> and you got people who should have been an usher, they pastor. You got all kinds of people. You got evangelists trying to be pastors, people calling themselves apostles, just God called them to be a, uh, an evangelist. Come on, it's people all out of order. Titles don't mean nothing. 
I don't care about titles. I care about the soul. I love people, y'all. And I'm disturbed when people got to present to you their title more important than their character. I hear you talk about your title, but I'm going to listen and watch your character. And what I mean by your character, I want to see how you treat people, ordinary people. That's what I mean by your character. I want you to think about this. The Bible said Jesus made himself of no reputation. He didn't come to say, don't you know who I am? Angels bow before me. Heaven and and earth adore me. You going to talk to me? Listen, Jesus never came that way. When they say, who are you and what by what authority do you do this by? He didn't tell them, don't you know who I am? You know what Jesus said to them when they came and approached him with that, asking who he was, about what authority he do this? He said, I will also ask you a question, then I will answer yours. He said, the baptism of John, was it of God or was it of man? He didn't even put the spotlight on him. The baptism of John, was it of God or was it of man? Jesus didn't say, I'm the son of God. Watch this. I'm going to make that moon turn dark in a minute. He didn't do all that. He didn't say, listen, I ain't got time for this because I'm the son of God. Listen to what people say. People are ego-tripping, y'all. Do you hear me? They are ego-tripping. I'm a such and such now. I don't got time for this. You got to know pride when it talks. You got to know it. Stay humble before the Lord. Remember, pride go before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. We love you. Please tune in next week. We're going to continue to go into Chapter 14. We're going to be dealing with the preparation for the vows of the judgment. And then we're going to go into the first vow that Jesus talked about. And we're going to go straight on through Revelation. It's a lot of good stuff we're going to talk about. We're going to go into some different things. We're going to talk about the numbers, and we're going to explain what the colors is, and we're going to explain what the symbols are as we continue to go into this great book of the Word of God. I love you, and let me shut up and let my buddy Will come on in. Will, are you there, my friend? Come on in. I got other friends, too, and I, and I want to see some of my friends. As I was talking to you guys, they were calling me some powerful brothers and sisters in the Lord. I, I want to hear from them because it's so important. Maybe they couldn't get in. I don't know what it was, but I want to hear them call in and share with you all, too, because I got some friends who are so awesome in God, and I love them so much, and they was calling me, and I seen their name pop up, and I couldn't stop at the time because I was answering questions, but I want my friends to continue to call in so they can share with you, and they're going to be your friends too, and when you hear them share and ask questions, you're going to love them too. Will, if you're there, if you are available, come on in and and just bring us on in, my brothers. I just want you to know I I love y'all. Keep me in your prayers. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Will. No, man, you keep it up, man. You was most excellent today, like Pastor Dykeman always says. You got uh, to be kidding God, me. God be the Lord, bro. Man, you God. just don't know, boy. Some people might, I hope, I pray that they sit back and they, you know, regurgitate. You know what I mean? Eat this all over again. You know, just play it all over again. Go on com. pull up Sound City radio or should I say sound underscore city underscore ready and then search church and then pull it up at all times man this is a blessing and the best thing about 
that, and not only just that, but you have a lot more hosts on Sound City Radio. And um, we need a special prayer for Lady T. She lost her, or T the lady, she lost her grandfather um, about three days ago or four days ago. And um, I know it's a trial and error for her because she was all the way out of town when it happened. So if you can, before we close, before I even say anything else out of my mouth, if you could pray for her. Lady T or T the lady. Okay, Lady T, I don't know who your grandfather was, and I don't know, it might be a friend of mine that I known her grandfather. It's a small world. A dear friend of mine named Mr. Bobby Williams. I don't know if that's her grandfather. He was a friend of mine. He passed away on Friday, I believe. It was the 20th. Uh, and he went on home. And uh, we will miss Mr. Williams. He was very active in the, to the community. He was a mentor to me. That might be her grandfather. I don't know. But if it's not, we're going to keep her grandfather in prayer. We want to pray for Mr. Bobby Williams' family, and we want to pray for her grandfather. We might be talking about the same person because uh, his daughter sent me out an email saying that he went on home to be with the Lord. He was a, a warrior in the community, and a man of excellence. He opened the door for me to be able to teach the elder people the Bible study on Friday. So I want to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, for Lady T. Uh, we don't know if it's this Mr. Williams' granddaughter or not or his family member. If it is or not, we want to pray for her grandfather, and we want to pray for Mr. Williams' family in the name of Jesus, God. We ask you for strength, Lord. Because when one is taken off the earth, loved ones hurt. Because that's a part of a life that is snatched away from us. You didn't design us to die, God. You made us to live forever. So, God, we pray that you will bring strength to the family. Encourage their heart in the name of Jesus, God. We pray that you will pour the oil on the wounds, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Strengthen them right there where they're at, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We ask for courage, Lord. We pray for strength, God. When their heart is overwhelmed, lead them to the rock that's higher than them, God. Encourage them on every aspect. Break down strongholds and demonic forces that will warfare against them, God. Let them know and remind them that greater is you that's in them than the devil is in the world. God, we pray for your strength, Lord. We love you on this day, Lord. We pray that you will look upon each and every individual in the name of Jesus, God. Cleanse us from anything that we might have thought or said or done that is wrong. And, God, we pray for victory and strength, Lord, that you will bless this family like never before. Bless them, Lord. I remember when I lost my mom and dad. God, strengthen their heart. Strengthen their heart. We pray for strength, Lord, and that you will heal their wounds. In Jesus' name we pray, and to your glory. Look upon Will and his family. Look upon everybody that's listening, Lord. Bless these people in the name of Jesus. Bless them with every need they may need, Lord. Some need healing. Some need finances. Some need assurance. Some need to hear from you, God. Some need confidence in the name of Jesus. God, grant them with what they need. Some need wisdom, Lord. Some need food, whatever it might be, Lord. Give them the desires of their heart according to their need. In the name of Jesus, God, we pray for strength. <laughs> Encourage them, whatever they may be going through. They need a breakthrough. Give them a breakthrough, God, in Jesus' name. You said that let them go if any have 
sick among you, let them go to the elders, and they will pray and lay oil upon them and pray for them for strength. We thank you that we can pray for one another and remind us that there is still an anointing that flow through the body of Christ, and you're still moving in the midst of your people. In spite of what's going on in these days and hours, God, you're still with us. You're more with us even when we've gone through. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. In the name of Jesus, God, anoint our heads with oil and let our cup run over. Overflow in the name of Jesus. Give us overflow, God. In the name of Jesus, we want to overflow, God, in every aspect of our life, in our healing, in our finances, in our ministry, overflow, in our family, Lord, in every aspect of life. Let it be overflow. In the name of Jesus, we pray to your glory. Amen. Amen. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. The will is back in your hands. Wow, what a service. Well, I am smooth. Man, I ain't going to lie to you. People, I don't know if you caught it or if you felt it or even happened to get a chance to touch it. I ain't going to lie to you. It's all good. But here on this network, Sound City Radio, like I said all times, it's always about freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. That's why I named it Sound City Radio. All that I ask you to do is be real, be safe, and be ready. When I say be real, I mean just be, you know, yourself. You ain't got to change up to be somebody else or act all boozy or act like you are unintelligent. If you talk ghetto, talk ghetto. I don't care. <laughs> I talk to all types of people, from highly intelligent to Whatever's clever, I'm right there with you. I ain't scared of you either. And the other thing is, I always ask you to be safe because, you know, I don't curse. And I really would not like any cursing on a church radio show. But some people, they have a limited vocabulary, so they feel as though they have to curse to get things across. I get it. I think I get it. I'm trying to learn to get it. But when I say be ready, you have to be ready because at all times, if you don't understand how this world is moving, it's moving a little bit too fast for our children. And our children are not even ready. But some of them are, or at least they think they are, because some of them act like they're too grown anyway. But then some of them are so highly intelligent that it would surprise you. But even though they're so high in intelligence, they're not high in experience. You understand? Like, we live through multiple situations. Living drama. <laughs> I got to say it again. Living drama. <laughs> and you're still here. And some of the stuff you just let go. Some of the stuff you remember. Some of the stuff you might go back to, which you're not supposed to. But, you know. I guess that's when you want to make your point across, when you throw that stuff that was way back in the past right in somebody's face like it's the present. Yeah, I get it. No, I don't want to get it. But, you know, nobody's perfect. I know I ain't. I daggone sure enough know that. I'm a far-fetched from that. But, like I said before, I try to be real as I can. And everybody know, 
when I'm in church and out of church, I'm the same way. I'm not trying to sit up there and be something different. Even with my conversation, you know, when I talk to certain people that's highly intelligent, you know, I switch it up. Hey, I'm not going to talk to them like, yo, 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 give me the way my daddy, man. Hey, no. Come on, man. Think about it, people. Would you want somebody coming up to you? Hey, hey, come here, dude. Doesn't that sound kind of stupid? Well, sometimes we are. But we got a revelation today. And I hope y'all was able to be well-fed because I know I was. Now, again, I say, if you have any questions, comments, or even any concerns, you may e- email me at will.ofgod at my.com. Or you can email me at dj underscore chill at my.com. That's will.ofgod at my.com. I thank you so much for tuning into church. And God bless Minister Calvin Myers. But I ask y'all, but please stay awake. Don't sleep. There's some things out here that's going on that's really unethical. And it's surprising to me because I'm like, are you serious? It looks like we're living in a game. And we the little daggone puppets or we the little toys and somebody just moving us here and there and here and there. And soon you might be going back and forth, back and forth. You're going to find out you're in the same daggone place, stagnant, never growing, still, same place. You might put on a different outfit, but you're still the same person. Wow. (laughs) I shouldn't have even said that. That's too deep. But, um, again, I say, check out the shows that's going on tonight, one of them. And I got to give, oh, wait a minute, time out, people. I have to give a mad shout-out to Brother O, better known as Lugosi. The new Sound City radio um, picture platform, whatever that was sent out on Facebook, the brother created created it for me the other day in, like, five minutes. I was like, this bull crazy. So now I don't look like a peon when I'm sitting out in this stuff anymore. And, you know, it was a blessing, man. Thank you. You know, sometimes you got to thank people, bull, because you don't know when your time is going to be short. But you can follow that brother, Brother O, because he has a show tonight, or I should say um, Antonia Bats. And her, that pin number is 142-107-POUND on the Damon Network. But I'm down with On Point all day, every day, any type of way. And, you know, I'm, like, sometimes producing on there, and I got my own show on there also, but that's my bull on there. And he's done it on himself, all known, better known as Mr. On Point, who we also call Mr. Controversy. Now, um, he has a show tonight, and I advise you to check it out, at 9 p.m. until 10.30. It's... Pin number is 143-133-POUND. And he's having a conversation where he's saying, um, let me see, let me read this. He's going to attempt to break down the male-female dynamic in relationship. He says, let's talk about it. What do I owe you? This will serve as an eye-opener to black males and females. Why am I here? What do you really want or expect from me? Long as I owe you, I'll never go broke. 
this ought to be good. And, you know, you can get some popcorn or ice cream to check out this. But if you go on Facebook under On Point Enterprises, and he spells it with a Z, that's On Point Enterprises, E-N-T-E-R-P-R-I-Z-I-Z. And you can see all of the hosts every time there's a show going on. You can follow me on YouTube at Two Will of God or on Instagram at Two Will underscore of underscore God. Now, also have a Facebook and it's under DJ Chill or should I say Chilik, capital C, capital H I, capital L, capital L, I Q U E O the third. I'm trying to make it differently, but Facebook got some rules where you can't do nothing but put your gag on real now and know what's going on. But anyway, that's another story. Um, again, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, just email me or text me if you know me. But for all the people out there, please be encouraged and definitely stay blessed. And as for DJ Philly Joy, I got to tell you, people, She's doing a fish fry coming up, and if anybody like to um, attend, you may call her. And um, let me see. I'll probably get that number. There it is. I think I just saw it. Yes, I did. Basically, what she's doing is she has this um, show called Issues of the Heart, and she's really trying to help all of the sisters out there. She got a... Um, thing she does for my sister's keeper and so the proceeds from this fish fry that she's supposed to be doing is a fundraiser at Champagne's at 21 East Shelton Avenue on October 27th from 5 to 9 p.m. Tickets are $12. What she's trying to do is let me read it. The women, it's a women's shelter and twice a year she provides toiletries during Mother's Day and, and the Holy Days and at the end of the year, things such as toothbrushes, toothpaste, soap, lotion, deodorant, pampers, sheets, blankets, and personal needs. And what she said, one day my hope is to provide things on a monthly basis so it can help by buying a ticket or making a donation, monetary or products. It will be appreciated. Thank you for her, your support, she says. And she says to call her at 267-235-2436 if you would like to donate or if you'd like to just buy a ticket so that we can help the people in this shelter. And it's funny because while Minister Calvin Myers was talking, I happened to think, because I'm looking like, wow, I could be homeless too if it wasn't for my cousins because I lost my house $350,000 house to a share sale. Do you know how pissed off I am? But, you know, it's still there waiting for me. And so I got to do whatever it takes to buy it back. Because not only did my father pass away in the house, and my mother started Shelterham Tutorial Program at the house and helped get a lot of black people to go to Shelterham High School and Shelterham um schools because at the one time Shelton was prejudiced and so she started getting the groups together and did a lot of stuff and they had a what is it? They had a um a scholarship in her name at Cedarbrook Middle School way back when I was a young buck. My parents passed away at, you know, early age, eighty two and eighty four. 
I was like 16 to 17. And I grew up basically with my cousins and on the street. I stayed on the street. That's why I'm so easy to be on the street, and I ain't scared of the street. I walk anywhere in Philadelphia and feel comfortable. Trust me, I do. But what I notice is the homeless. Some of the homeless out there, some of them used to be rich. Some of them used to have beautiful cars and whatever, and now they're walking around eating out of the trash. And there's one brother I remember I seen riding on a bike, and he got the, the back wheel is, 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 is rubber, but the front wheel is just metal. And it's like a 10-speed bike. I'm looking at this guy like, oh, you serious? But he goes to these different places, and he just picks stuff out the trash and, and cleaning up. And I'm looking like, whoa. But when he talked, and when I shook his hand, you know, I ain't scared. I, I, maybe I should stop doing it because it might get infected or whatever. But I don't care. I shake people's hands. And I forget, you know, you forget to wash your hands. But, you know, guys blessing me. But I shook his hand. I said, this boy powerful. But you got to understand, man, because even at the Eagles games, the homeless that, that stay up under the bridge, and then they come out after the Eagles game and just collecting all the stuff that's on the trash, off the ground, eating it or whatever, I look at their skin, because there's one white brother I met and I talked to. I got him on my YouTube. You can check it out, because I put him right on there on Two Little Guy, but I put it on the new Eagle Champ version, so you got to check it. Um, they, they are maybe the ones that's going to survive faster than the ones that stay in the house, because they're used to the different environments and the changing. Their, their, their skin is more tough. Their, their endurance, their patience is unbelievable. So one thing, and then they used to even sleep with the daggone rats. I'm like, are you kidding me? And they ain't scared of nothing. But you, you live in your house, nice and warm, cozy. You can't take it if you're out there in the snow and it's below zero. You might lose your mind. You might lose your mind if you got to drink water that got something in it or food that got something in it. What if it comes down to that day when we might have to? Wouldn't that be peculiar? <laughs> Wouldn't you be changed? Bro, so what I'm saying this is if you see somebody, and, you know, you do got fake ones out there, so you got to have a discerning spirit because some of them get dressed and act like they didn't eat or whatever, and they've gone getting into a plush car and driving away with money because I guess when you're super-duper rich, like millions of dollars, like I heard on the TV today on CNN, the guy was talking, and he was like, yeah, well, $11 million, anything under that, so anything over that, we're going to tax people. But anything, you know, from under $11 million, you know, they're not going to get taxed. And the, the, <laughs> the discussion that the man, because Wolf was talking to him, and the discussion said, well, we're looking out for the farmers who have $11 million properties or less. And the reason why we're not going to tax them is because of their children's children. They'd be able to give their, you know, stuff to them. So I'm looking at the TV like, is this bull crazy? Did he really just say $11 million and they're not going to tax these people? And I'm walking around wishing I had $1 million or even 100000 Or I'm like, are you 
So, I'm sorry. It's getting me really upset because I'm looking like the rich, super rich, no matter what. They don't even want to give up jack. They want people to stay. And I guess, does it make sense if you have everybody in the world as millionaires who will go clean up the dirt or the trash? Who will want to do that? So now I'm looking at the aspect of life of these millionaires who actually want to become homeless or act like they're homeless and go out there because they're like, I don't got to work. I need something to do. How can I talk to the people and be able to see how the people act because if they know it's me, they're going to ask me for money. So why not just go out there and play with them? If that's what they're doing now, shame on you. Straight up. Because if you got that much money and you know and you watching people walk by and you right there listening to the conversation, people struggling, you know people's electric getting shut off, their gas getting shut off, or is it that you know they can't handle the money because when people get a large amount of money, they act a fool? Hmm. Good question. Let us learn how to act a fool. Let's see what happens. Give us a chance to get that type of money. I'll show you a fool. I'll be that fool walking around the street giving people a job so they'll be able to survive, getting highly paid. Then that money come right back because my, my business will grow and mm, be like Monopoly. But it just won't be no jails because everybody getting money. But, you know, that's a dream. Again, people, um, I thank you for tuning in. And you already know how I roll. And don't forget about On Point Radio tonight at 9 o'clock. Pin number 143-133-POUND. Let me see. When I say out, I always say obviously you talk. That's what out spells out to me means. I had to think for a minute. How can I make myself be different? Because I like to dare to be different. That's why I made this show called Church. Something different. So out, look, the O, obviously, the U, you, and the T, talk. Obviously, you talk. So I put a twist on it, like I always say, who's out? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.